Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. <laughs> support her measure and, and explain her answer. I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered, the infant would be kept comfortable, and then a discussion would ensue. Governor Ralph Northam and Democrats support the proposal, but Republicans argue it amounts to infanticide. I regret that those comments have been mischaracterized. The personal uh, insults toward me I, I really find disgusting. Scandal erupting over the Democratic governor of Virginia. People shown in a page from his 1984 medical school yearbook. The picture shows two people you can see it right there one in blackface and another in a ku klux klan robe and a hood i'm deeply sorry i cannot change the decisions i made nor can i undo the harm my behavior caused then and today the governor now says he'd never seen that picture before it was shown to him friday i believe then and now that i am not either of the people in that photo. Northam claims another moment from 1984 helped jog his memory. That same year, he says, he dressed up as Michael Jackson. I did participate in a dance contest in which I darkened my face as part of a Michael Jackson costume. You are fake news. You cannot be serious. Very fake news. I agree with that. Yeah, he is. Get your back out of here. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can't ask anyone about that. People often do. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for putting up with the delay, and to everybody who um, is not football-inclined who put up with the delay tonight. So It was a good game, though. So Was it? Because like, I was kind of watching it, and I was pretty bored. If you like defensive battles. Uh, but it was, it was a stressful game, and it was anybody's game down to the, down to the wire, so that's always fun to watch. But uh, that'll be all the football talk for tonight, since you're already about to quit. (laughs) News of the week. You heard it there in the intro. Uh, What a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week for Virginia Governor Ralph Northam. So first, he generates controversy defending a late-term abortion bill. And then it comes out that his medical school yearbook page has a picture of a guy in blackface and another guy in a KKK robe. Presumably one of them is him. So he apologizes, but then he comes back the next, next day and says, just kidding. I didn't do it. That wasn't me. But the reason I know it wasn't me is because I remember wearing blackface, dressing up as Michael Jackson in the eighties, which is way different than wearing a KKK hood. Uh, we'll go through it all. This is one of the most bizarre political stories I can remember for some time. Uh, and then in one of the more intricate and storied hoax hate crimes uh, of the year, the young year so far, maybe even in all our history of documenting, hoax hate crimes or at least likely hoax hate crimes since 
can't prove it's a hoax. I don't know about you, but uh, Empire actor with the most. I hate this guy's name. I thought it was Jesse. It's not. It's Jussie. J U S S I E. Huh. That that F word N word from Empire, as he was described <laughs> by his attacker, I think Jussie Smollett says he was attacked by Trump fans in Sub Zero Chicago who threw bleach on him and put a noose around his neck, shouting, this is Trump country. Cops uh, find no evidence to substantiate. Mm. I can't believe it. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey appears on Joe Rogan's show to make himself look somehow even worse than he already did. This was a mess. This was a disaster. I listened to the whole thing. People, I mean, people are naturally, I'm mad at Jack Dorsey for his lies and contradictions. People are even mad at Joe for supposedly softballing him. I, I think some of that criticism is fair. I think the other side of it is he let Jack Dorsey hang himself. So I appreciate that. Yeah. But uh, we'll go through some of the highlights of that insane interview. Do you have a chance to listen to it? Yeah. Most of it, oh, not all of it, God. but he did push back a little bit. Which I yeah. Joe, there, Joe got some good commentary from Jack. So I'm, I'm, I'm not really here to shit on Joe, even though a lot of people are mad at him. I get it. Uh, I want to talk about what Jack had to say. Um, and then a couple cases of Antifa or at least left-wing activists, uh, running, uh, having run-ins with the law in Eugene, Oregon, a hmm. uh, man wearing a smash the patriarchy shirt is shot by police after resisting arrest and pulling a gun on them. And a DC Antifa activist is arrested in Philadelphia on charges related to that Antifa mob attack on two Marines in November. This is the same guy who, uh, founded the group that attacked Tucker Carlson's house. Mm-hmm. And went after Ted Cruz in a restaurant last fall. So this guy's been uh, making a lot happen on the Antifa front. I should have fixed this before. Can you tilt your camera to the side just a little bit more? Oh, I'm sorry. That's uh, right. it's, it's my fault. For, keep going a little. It's my fault for framing it up bad. We're in a rush to get the show started, you know. Keep going just a, just, just a little. Just that's a little. Great. Yeah? Ah, close enough. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to get you centered. Big rush. Um... Big rush, you know, trying to get live as soon as the Super Bowl was over. And of course, we will take uh, Super Chats on YouTube or Streamlabs in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good. Low down money grabbers. It's going to be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thanks for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for supporting us at mattchristiansandmedia.com. And thanks for emailing us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. If you want to take the show on the go in the audio format, uh, find all those platforms linked in the description. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and more. They're all there for you whenever you find, uh, wherever you find your podcasts. You can find us. One brief announcement uh, before we hop into uh, some artwork and some topics. Uh, I've mentioned it the last few weeks, but I've, I've had additional emails this week of people having great meetup experiences facilitated by the form that we set up. So... If you're interested in having in, in meeting new friends who listen to the show in your area, which I, I can't believe how many people have signed up for this. It's like 400 plus yeah. names on this list. Lots of cities with multiple people on the list. So if you want to hang out with people in your area, find the sign up form in the description. And then when you're done, you can actually view the results and get in contact with people. Mm-hmm. That's all available using the links in the description for you. And if you do have a, a cool meetup, send us a picture. We'll share it on the show. Yep. So these are happening. And uh Wanda and I loved I, I got some incredible emails this week of people that were like very sincere and thankful about finding new friends. And it's like, oh, man, you're going to get me teary eyed. So so thanks to people for uh, sending me notes about how these things have been going well. It's really cool to hear. Got a couple pieces of uh, of listener artwork. 
Uh, did you see this? <laughs> this scene from the uh, Lincoln Memorial steps. Apparently, oh, this is me done Dick's up as there. Nick Sandman, and you're in it too. Oh, it's, yeah. You don't see it at first, but actually. <laughs> I mean, the, the distortion of my face is pretty funny, uh, but sticks just hanging out casually in hardly noticeable fashion with a totally emotionless look on his face made me laugh a lot. So thank you for that, Big LC. This one's from Jamie, and I got to be honest, I feel like this is a reference to something. I just don't know what it is. It's a reference to the painting American Gothic. Gothic. Oh, why do you have an AOC shirt on, though? Because I was like, this looks like blonde Riley Dennis. Yeah, it does. Why do I have such a manly body? That's Caesar down there. There's Caesar down there, and I've got an AR pistol, and it looks like I'm using the brace correctly in full compliance with the ATF, yeah, which yeah. also, not to pick on Jamie, but I think is slightly inaccurate. You can shoulder those now. The ATF says fine. But uh, anyway, thank you, Jamie. We appreciate that. Even if I am shorter than blonde in this picture. Well, he is in real life too. So. And, yeah, believe what you want to believe. That and Pizzagate nonsense <laughs> things blonde believes in. <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then I got, I don't know, my friend BG sent me this. I don't even know if it's meant to be shared on the show. I just liked it. This is a headline news. Get shit on Patreon. Uh, of course, the podcast Patreon is no more. It is now deleted. Mm-hmm. And um, as I mentioned, if you would like to uh, support the show uh, directly, you can do that at mattchristensenmedia.com. You can do that one time or uh, monthly supporting, just like uh, monthly recurring support, just like Patreon. We've also got offsite options like Subscribestar or the P.O. Box. They're all linked on the site for you at uh, mattchristensenmedia.com. Check it out. So um, the Super Bowl, of course, just concluded. Did you see the article that the Daily Beast promoted? They published this on Friday night, put it out, this tweet out, I guess, uh, late last night, this tweet, their star quarterback coach and owner all supported Trump, but that's not the only thing that makes the Patriots the preferred team of white nationalists. Now, now Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots again. Uh, I, I, I have to read some of the materialness because it doesn't just shit on the Patriots and Brady. It shits on like the entire city of Boston. It shits on Nick Sandman. Yeah. The kid from Covington. So get this. It's pretty comprehensive. Of course, they're going to rip on the Patriots for saying that uh, Brady once had a MAGA hat in his locker. Uh, Coach Belichick once had uh, once wrote a letter to Trump. This author says amounts to an endorsement. And Trump um, shouted out team owner Robert Kraft in his pre-inauguration dinner. But li- listen to what they write. Does the Daily Beast or this particular author, this op-ed author about Boston. The whole institution of Boston sports from root to stem, is tinged with the sort of racism that brought Trump into office. The Boston Red Sox were the last Major League Baseball team to desegregate. More than a decade after Jackie Robinson entered the league, the Sox first owner, Tom Yawkey, was an infamous racist whose speech was peppered with racial slurs. Larry Bird became a symbol of white resentment. During his time in the NBA, his jersey appearing as a symbol of white entitlement to black spaces in Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. His large teammate, Kevin McHale, was spotted at Trump's rally during the election. Okay, so the entire city of Boston, despite the fact that Boston and Massachusetts vote overwhelmingly for Elizabeth Warren and whoever the Democratic candidate for president is, they don't vote Trump. Right. But they're still like the most racist, uh, you know, Trump supporting people of all time. Scroll down. It gets even worse. They talk about um, Nick Sandman. Where's the part in the article here? Anyway, it says uh, it says um, 
Remember that scumbag teen. Remember that scumbag teen, referring to Nick Sandman, busted to D.C. by his racist-ass private school to protest a woman's right to choose, uh, to choose, smirking at a Native American military veteran while wearing that dumb little red hat as his schoolmates stood around and did tomahawk chops. Half those things weren't even true. Then they rip on him for... Yeah, being an, an entitled little racist shit and disrespectful and hiring a PR firm to run interference and coach him to do an interview. Okay. And then they said, how is it? How, how do you do all this? He still seemed like a low boil sociopath. <laughs> okay. And then the, just this, this last paragraph and then I'll move on. But the author writes, look, it doesn't matter if the Patriots or it doesn't, um, it doesn't matter if the Patriots like it or not. It doesn't matter if you like the Patriots. I think it means they are the official team of American white nationalism, the MAGA boys on the field. You can't implicitly or explicitly support Trump who reads speeches written by Stephen Miller as a matter of course, play in a market whose sporting culture is renowned for its racism. Is it renowned or renowned? Renowned, right? Make sure I'm make sure I'm not epitoming this. Uh, they have a decade plus organizational obsession with undersized white receivers. So they have too huh. many small white receivers on the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> and be called no shit, the Patriots. So even their name is a problem without getting the vile Fox news soup that poisoned half the country on your shirt. Oh, God. Jesus, try to put on a bib of, of distancing yourself, deflecting questions. Tell everyone your wife told you to stop talking about it. And that shit isn't going to work. You're the MAGA kid. It's on you forever. It stalks and haunts, haunts you. So if you like the Patriots, you're Nick Sandman. By the way, Nick Sandman did nothing wrong. I don't care if I'm Nick Sandman. Yeah. That's great if I'm Nick Sandman. But the, the idea that your, your sports fanship now determines your political morality. How insane. I, it's so annoying when they have to shit on like cherished American tradition. Can't we just watch the Super Bowl? No. God Didn't you damn. see the commercials? We all clearly can't just watch the Super Bowl. This year wasn't too bad, though. They oh, actually, half they those actually, commercials were filled with racial propaganda. What are you talking about? Well, did you see there were a lot of um, there was a lot of diversity, no doubt. I I notice, but there were a lot of pro military commercials too. I thought, wow, yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah, actually, yeah. like salute to service stuff. I'll this give you surprising. that. It wasn't as bad as I expected. No, and nowhere near as bad as two years ago that we covered on the and show. And Maroon Five didn't kneel which surprised me. Oh yeah. I, I didn't catch the uh, most of the halftime show. It I ran in here to, to yeah. work on some show stuff, but super gay just kept stripping off layers. He was like practically naked by the end. I saw his tattoos and I, someone had tweeted. Um, it looks like uh, what's his name? Adam Levine looks like he went into a tattoo parlor and said, give me the MS 13, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He has California right across his. Turf. I saw that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Not my style. Speaking of uh, Nick Sandman, Tell me what's going on with the Covington kids. Um, so they are sending the lawyers representing the Covington kids have sent 50 organizations, individual journalists, celebrities, um, a letter saying like, you need to print some sort of retraction right now, or we're basically going to sue you. I didn't include hmm. the entire list of 50 people, but amongst them, Elizabeth Warren, Alyssa Milano, Maggie Haberman, Anna Cabrera, David Brooks, the New York Times, CNN, GQ, and TMZ. So wow. the lawyers also said that they concluded they have a good faith basis to sue. This is not a threat to sue. They said that they're not necessarily going to sue all 50 organizations, but they're calling them out by name. 
and I really think this is going to happen. I think this is great. Um, it's not going to be over. This is going to be a long, drawn-out, expensive process, but I'm glad somebody's doing something about it. It's definitely going to affect these kids' lives. Yeah, this will be interesting to watch. I will um, say, I don't know how they're going to prove loss of income until that materializes. If, if I understand correctly, and the legally inclined can opine through email or you know might be able to correct us but the the defamation law is looser if you're a private citizen than, yes. than it would be as you're a, a public figure so i i guess in this case the standard is they don't have to prove they just have to prove negligence as opposed to actual malice okay. do, do they actually have to quantify do they have to prove the quantity of the damages is that a component of um i was under that impression but i guess not hmm. if it if, if the standard is lower for private citizens um i just assume yeah. that you would have to prove that some kind of financial harm came your way but maybe not maybe that's not a component of this at all i have no idea but i can't imagine that it would be that difficult to demonstrate that reputational damage will make say college course, applications right. much more difficult or whatever job applications after high school that sort of thing mm -hmm. this will be really interesting to watch i'm i'm excited to see how this uh, plays out yeah me too i'm glad i'm glad somebody's finally doing something about it i mean they they've just been printing whatever they want about everybody well, and a lot of the, you know, it's like I said before, um, I, I want to be as protective of free speech and even that includes recklessness sometimes necessarily. Right. I'm less concerned with the people who got it wrong over the weekend when everything was going crazy. I'm more concerned with people like the Daily Beast who are still smearing him down, after right. the evidence has totally exonerated him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm much less patient for the, for people like that. So we'll see how this develops. Um, how many people are running for president in the Democratic field now? Too many for even a front runner to emerge. Well, of course we had uh, discount. Uh, we had discount Hillary mm -hmm. in Kirsten Gillibrand. Now we have clearance rack Obama in Cory Booker. <laughs> so Cory Booker, New Jersey senator, he's running, and he put out, uh, I guess, the most highly produced announcement of any candidate so far. I um. I hated this ad. I don't know about you. I hate what he says in it. But he's so I'll... relatable. He understands the black experience because yeah. he voluntarily chooses to live in the ghetto in Newark. Yeah, I live in a for... shitty neighborhood. Yeah, okay, cool. oh, I know. Good for you. Here's Cory Booker announcing his run. In America, we have a common pain, but what we're lacking is a sense of common purpose. What's up? Amen. When I was a baby, my parents tried to move us into a neighborhood with great public schools, but realtors mm -hmm wouldn't sell us a home because of the color of our skin. A group of white lawyers who had watched the courage of civil rights activists were inspired to help black families in their own community, including mine. And they changed the course of my entire life. So over 20 years ago, I moved into the central ward of Newark to fight slumlords and help families stay in their homes. I still live there today, and I'm the only senator who goes home to a low-income inner-city community <laughs> first community that took a chance on me. We are better when we help each other. The history of our nation is defined by collective action, by interwoven destinies of slaves and abolitionists, of those born here and those who chose America as home. I believe that we can build a country where no one is forgotten, no one is left behind, where our criminal justice system keeps us safe instead of shuffling more children into cages and coffins. It is not a matter of can we. It's a matter of do we have the collective will, the American will. I believe we do. Together, we will channel our common pain 
back into our common purpose. Together, America, we will rise. I'm Cory Booker, and I'm running for president of the United States of America. Hey, Cory, uh, what up, man? I'm sure up? that's. I'm what sure up? that was just spontaneous. That that was totally uh. legit, not scripted at all. Um. Well, you want to go first? I got several things I hate about this. I mean. What do you want me to say here? Like he's he's trying to act like he understands the average black experience, but he had an experience more like an upper middle class white person. There's no way around it. He was a Rhodes Scholar. He went to Oxford after getting an elite education in the United States. He's the the child of IBM executives. It's like what what do you you think that like you know what it's like to live in the hood, Cory Booker? Nobody's buying this shit. I wish I had more time to vet the claim about white people blocking him from their neighborhood. I suspect I that, that there's probably more detail to that. But it's frustrating to me that Corey's dad is a hero for trying to move into a white neighborhood. But Corey is also a hero for staying in a poor black neighborhood. Like, wh- which one is it? I mean, right. All right. Um, also, I live in like a poor inner city community that you were mayor of for many, many years. And by right. the way, still sucks. Yeah. Why, why are it these suck so much? Why it, yeah. Why does it suck Pray so tell. bad? Yeah. I, I really didn't like the theme of the history of our nation. He says this explicitly. Actually, the history of our nation is defined by collective action. Fundamentally disagree. The history of America is defined by enshrining individual rights, not collective action, not yeah. collective welfare, not none of that stuff. Uh, our criminal justice system shuffles children into cages and coffins. I, I mean, to me, this is just a ridiculous slander of law enforcement. First off, children in cages is a reference to illegal immigration. Keyword illegal. Yeah. It is not predation yep. by law enforcement. It is people voluntarily and illegally crossing borders. And second, who are the kids in the coffins? And how do those numbers stack up against children protected by law enforcement every day? Especially... In urban communities mm-hmm. like Newark that are Tell quite dangerous. <laughs> so I predict I, I actually don't think his candidacy is going to go very far. I don't think he's going to win a single state because New Jersey is quite late in the process. Yeah. I predict it's between him and Gillibrand right now that are uh, the, the first people out. Oh, out. OK. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I don't think uh, either he's one never going to live down that Spartacus moment. <laughs> I'm so Spartacus. I, li- I, you know, I get my hair cut at a ghetto barber shop or whatever he's doing. Yeah. Good for <laughs> they, you. They man. play craps outside and yeah. hear gunshots every once in a while. <laughs> well, um, moving on. Cause I don't need to give any more time to that dude, but did you see this guy fake slipping on ice? Speaking, oh, you know, this guy's from New Jersey. There was my transition. Mm. Speaking of New Jersey, a New Jersey man named Alexander Goldinsky claimed he had um, hurt himself slipping on ice. Uh, what had happened was, um, well, he supposedly slipped on ice in this kitchen that you see. He filed an insurance claim alleging he was injured at a business, the business on your screen. He is not an employee of the business, but he's an independent contractor who is performing some work there. Um, well, they reviewed the surveillance footage to evaluate his claim of getting injured, slipping at this this place of work and getting injured. Not quite the case that he was making. This is what it looked like. So there he is getting, uh, I don't know, a soda or some water or something, get some ice. Check to make sure the coast is clear. Toss a few ice cubes on the ground. Check down here, make sure nobody's looking. Oh, I sure hope I don't slip on this and get injured and watch him brace himself when he falls. He like grabs onto the counter and stuff. Oh, oh man. Oh, now apparently he laid there until someone came to his attention. I don't actually know how long he was there, but, uh, 
He was arrested on January 15th and charged with one count of third degree insurance fraud and one count of theft by deception. He has a court date set for Thursday. Well, always be sure to check for those pesky surveillance cameras, yep. Alexander. They're going to get you, Goldinsky. That is a, I don't even have a transition to this one. This one's just too crazy. A Minnesota man is accused of having a, oh, let me see if I can get it back. A this warmed fueled, my heart. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I see how you get there. Yeah. He supposedly, you can see his mugshot here. That's like half the reason <laughs> I wanted to talk about it. But this guy, this Minnesota man named Dwayne Arden Johnson, he is accused of giving his wife methamphetamine during a quote death party thrown for her just before she died. He called 911 to report his wife Deborah had died. Officers arrived at the home and found the words, quote, death parade, God hell, spray painted on the front door. Dwayne was naked and ran outside to inform the cops of his wife's death. He then went inside to take a bath. He was found in the bathtub hallucinating, trying to wash quote, white and black things from his skin. His wife, Deborah, had been living in a nursing home, and this is why you find it mm -hmm. endearing. She was living in a nursing home. Dwayne checked her out days earlier because she wanted to die at home. So she stopped taking her medications, and the couple took meth. They spent their final hours banging and listening, listening to the, quiet, or to the uh, metal band Quiet Riot. So here's, um, here's, here's a, just a brief news clip on it. But again, check out the guy's uh, mugshot. This is a good one. KYEC reports Minnesota man who allegedly gave his ailing wife methamphetamine and held a death party before she passed faces criminal charges. Brown County Sheriff's officials say Deborah Lynn Johnson, 69, was found dead wrapped in a sheet inside her home. Her husband, Dewan Arden Johnson, called 911. According to the criminal charges against him, he said his wife had been in a nursing home and begged him to take her home to die. The pair reportedly rocked out to their favorite song and took meth. He is charged with felony criminal neglect and a felony count of receiving stolen property. He was arrested without incident and charged, uh, yeah, criminal neglect and the stolen property. Officers found four rifles, uh, two shotguns and ammunition, which were allegedly stolen. So he's getting charged for that. Um, at first, I thought this was crazy. And then when I heard about it, I kind of came around to your perspective. I was like, well, I mean, they, they, yeah, they wanted to go out on their own terms. They wanted to yeah, get yeah. weirdly high and bang and she died. Yeah. Um, Listen to music they like. She didn't want to die alone in some old folks' home with nobody around her. Yeah. I get, All right. I can get on board with this. He shouldn't face any criminal charges for this. I, don't care. I guess I'd have to know the details on the guns, but it might be totally unrelated, too. So. Isn't this? It, it's kind of sweet, right? I mean. He busted her out of a nursing home. And the fact that presumably he knew he might get in trouble for this, especially since he's calling 911 to report her death. So I assume that he knew he was making some kind of personal sacrifice to give her the send-off that they wanted to give her. So I, I can see the sweet element. Yeah. In a white trash kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it looks like he had a good party based on the mugshot. <laughs> <laughs> that or he had like a, I don't know, a really sour uh, lemon drop or something yeah. like that. I don't know. I don't think he has any teeth either. Yeah. And yeah, then he has knows? an open sore in his forehead also. Well, it could be worse, though. He could be Governor Ralph Northam, who had yeah. an even worse week than uh, Dwayne Arden Johnson did. So I figure let's just go ahead and hop into this and we'll take a break after the fact. It's going to be a little bit of a long segment here, but I, of all political scandals, this is one of the craziest to watch because it was weird to see people proposing what seems to a lot of people to be an insane idea and then doubling down on it and 
deflecting to everyone else is crazy, which is the abortion debate component of this that starts the whole controversy. So Ralph Northam pisses everyone off that way, which sort of leads people to start digging into him, which exposes this blackface thing. And he comes around saying, no, no, that wasn't me wearing blackface. I just wore it other times, though, which are different and fine. Why? I don't even. We'll talk about it in a second. (laughs) So, So it all starts with, I guess, a mini, not even a mini controversy, a major controversy in itself early in the week mm-hmm. with this abortion bill that was introduced in the Virginia state legislature by, I guess, a representative. I'm not sure what her title is, but she's a Democratic legislator. Her name's Kathy Tran. And this bill would reduce restrictions on third trimester abortions in Virginia, much like the New York law that just uh, that Governor Cuomo just signed the last week or two. Mm-hmm. So the law would uh, would allow expanded exceptions for um, mental health, quote, mental health for women seeking late term abortions, a very loose term. You know, like if, if you think you're going to be in the physician's judgment, psychologically yeah. damaged by a pregnancy or by a birth then go go ahead with the abortion in the third trimester, late term. And so naturally, um, when, when Kathy Tran is introducing this bill, you have Republican legislators asking her, well, uh, what are we talking about here? Are mm-hmm. we talking about dilating? Are you talking about about to go into labor or in labor? You're going to, can you, could you abort a child then? And she says, yeah, if the conditions are right, basically. So this is the quote, this is the exchange with Kathy Tran in the Virginia legislature that starts off, the whole story. How late in the third trimester could a, a physician perform an abortion if he indicated it would impair the mental health of the of the woman? Or physical health. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm um, talking about the mental health. So, I mean, through the third trimester. The third trimester goes all the way up to 40 weeks. Okay. But to the end of the third trimester. Yep. I don't think we have a limit in the bill. Where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth. She has physical signs of, um, that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. Mr. Chairman, that would be a, you know, a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman I understand that. that. I'm asking if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that, yes. I certainly could have said a week from her due date, and that would have been the same answer, correct? That it's allowed in the bill, yes. Yes. Okay, so... Oh, my God. It's it's crazy to think, and I wanted to talk about this when we're all done. That's like a sub-controversy now. That's Mm -hmm. like the footnote. Even though I think in a sane world, this would be the headline, you know? But but um, of course, everybody in Virginia and even nationally is talking about that because in much the same way they were talking about the New York law a few weeks ago, because now we're entering a world where what was common opinion before that like viable fetuses in the third trimester, we we definitely ought to frown upon, if not uh, illegalize Mm -hmm. such abortions, right? You're talking about mostly a fully developed human fetus. There's not really a question at that point, is this an individual human life, especially if it can live outside the womb of the mother on its own? Right. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. And for people to say, well, you know, it, it, if there's any question, as Ralph Northam says, if there's any question, we'll deliver the baby and we'll comfort it. And then we'll have a conversation. While we decide what to do. Yeah. Now, so Ralph Northam does a weekly, I think it's weekly or maybe monthly local radio appearance in which people can ask him questions. Mm-hmm. And so he does his, his radio appearance. Naturally, Kathy Tran's bill comes up because everybody's talking about it. And the radio host asks him if he agrees with this standard. 
Now, after the fact, Ralph Northam says he's being misrepresented, taken out of context, whatever. So I'm trying to provide as much context to his answer as possible. I, I don't think he's being misrepresented. You, you mm-hmm. listen to what he says and you decide for yourself. But I don't think the criticism is unfair based on what he's saying here. Here's what he said. There was a very contentious committee hearing yesterday when Fairfax County Delegate Kathy Tran made her case for lifting restrictions on third trimester abortions, as well as other restrictions now in place. And she was pressed by a Republican delegate about whether her bill would permit an abortion, even as a woman is essentially dilating, ready to give birth. And she answered that it would permit an abortion at that stage of labor. Do you support her measure and and explain her answer. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I wasn't there, uh, Julie, and I, I certainly can't speak for uh, Delegate Tran, but um, I would tell you one, uh, first thing I would say is this is why decisions such as this should be made by providers, uh, physicians, uh, and uh, the uh, mothers uh, and fathers that, that are involved. When we talk about third trimester uh, abortions, these are done. Uh, with the consent uh, of obviously the the mother, with the consent uh, of the physicians, more than one physician, by the way. Um, And it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities, there may be a a fetus that's non-viable. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, The infant would be delivered, uh, the infant would be kept comfortable, uh, the infant would be resuscitated if if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired, and then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So so I think this was really blown out of proportion, uh, but again, we want the government not to be involved in these types of decisions. We want the decision to be made by uh, the, the mothers and their providers, and, and this is why Julie, that legislators, most of whom are men, by the way, shouldn't be telling a woman what she should and shouldn't be doing with her body. Yeah. Uh, Naturally, it's not just your body if there's another person involved that could live outside of your body and is yeah. living outside of your body. There is a genetically, yeah. Well, yeah, you especially need- in the case he's describing it. It's not your body if it's on a cart. You know, or something like that. If it's physically outside of you, your body, the role of your body at that point has expired. Exactly. I heard Stephen Molyneux say today, well, are you part of your mother's body? And I was like, huh, that's a a good point. Hmm. Like, are you your mother, your distinct person after birth? even arguably, you know, well, and there's a plenty credible there. I mean, it's not even credible. There's a biological reality that you're a distinct person in the womb. Especially in the third trimester. I don't really understand this argument. I don't either. And of course, everybody goes after Northam because it's not even, I mean, it's not even, they're they're saying he's endorsing infanticide, essentially. And and I don't. totally is. I don't. What else is this? I I mean, I'd have to have him clarify what he means by have a discussion. Like the baby's alive outside of the mom. What, What is to be discussed? Right. And are we going to have a real discussion about how barbaric this is actually going to be? What are you going to do to the infant? Are you going to inject something into its brain? Are you going to suffocate it? Are you going to slit its throat? Are we just going to act like this isn't happening? Like this is just some normal thing? This is straight up infanticide. I don't know how we can play it any other way. And beyond the life issue, what really bugs me too, you'll hear him say this again in the next clip, but he keeps playing up this, well, legislators 
lawmakers shouldn't have anything to do with this, particularly when they're mostly men. Okay, well, women disproportionately vote for high taxes and wealth redistribution. Can they not do that because men have higher earnings? Well, hey, keep your hand out of my wallet, ladies. I mean, we can play this stupid sexist game or gender game where if you don't supposedly have skin in the game, you have no say. Mm -hmm. But that goes both ways. You can't just... (laughs) And I'd be interested to see like a especially on this issue. I want to, I'd like to see a national poll of women. Are you in favor of third trimester abortions, generally speaking, but I'd like to see a poll done on what he just said. Right. Are you in favor of a discussion after the child has been delivered? I guess so. I mean, I don't think the polling even of women wouldn't be strongly in his favor. Maybe I'm mistaken. That's speculation, but I don't think so. Your average leftist even looks at this and is like, this is a bridge too far. This is too far. So it gets even worse for Ralph Northam because, of course, everybody goes after him. And he holds a press conference to, to say, basically, I regret nothing. I stand by my commentary. I've been mischaracterized. The Republicans are evil. Uh, you know, and, and, of course, men shouldn't have any say in this, which then, then why do you have a say in it, Ralph right. Northam? Why, why should I listen to you, Mr. Man? Anyway, here's what he said, um, I guess, the next day or, or at some point during this week. Misinformation has been circulating on where Virginia Democrats stand on issues related to women's reproductive health. We believe legislators, most of whom are men, should not be making decisions about women's choices for their reproductive health. My Republican friends believe something different, and that is no secret. The new political strategy of the Republican Party is to score points any way they can. Virginia Democrats know we are better than that. Republicans have long advocated for taking those rights away. They believe that lawmakers should put themselves between a woman and their doctor. So no, I, I don't have any regrets, but I, I do find, uh, you know, that how, uh, my comments, uh, I, I did answer that question. I, I regret that those comments have been mischaracterized. Uh, the personal uh, uh, insults no. toward me, I, I really find disgusting. Hmm. Yeah, so it's everyone else's fault. He's he's being mischaracterized. The Republicans, of course, are trying to score political points. The Democrats are better than that. It's everybody else's fault. It's not that you have a pretty fringe idea on the concepts of life and abortion. Oh, God. Yeah, well... Needless to say, being blamed for supposedly stirring up controversy did not uh, sit well with a lot of people of, I don't know, conservative persuasion or just people who are curious about Ralph Northam generally. And Mm -hmm. this is where we transition to the second half of the controversy because um, Big League Politics publishes this story. uh, When did this come out? Like Friday? End of the week. Yeah. And it turns out this is so bizarre. But while he was uh, at medical school, what is it, Eastern Virginia? Yeah, Eastern Virginia Medical School. Um, he had a yearbook. And in his yearbook, he has a picture. There's his page right there, Ralph Shearer Northam. And there's a picture. It doesn't identify who is whom. But <laughs> there's a guy in blackface and a guy in a, in a KKK robe and a hood in what looks like prob I'm guessing like a terrible taste Halloween costume or something like that. Yeah. I find it hard to believe that anybody ever thought that this was an okay idea. It's, and where's the vetting on him? How did this just come out now? 
Did anybody it, do oppa research on this guy ever? I mean, it's one thing to have just a photo circulating. And I understand, I guess you're a little older than college age at this point, you're medical school. You're still maybe young, you still make foolish decisions. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm outraged by this. I'm not joining an outrage mob. I don't actually care that much. But keep in mind, this is in a medical school yearbook. It's not just floating around like someone has a, a Polaroid of it or something published in a medical school yearbook and not only that i can't get the image big enough on the screen but if you take a close look at this secondary piece published by the same guy over at big league politics his nicknames his nicknames you can see him second from the left yeah goose and coon man (laughs) whatever that means nobody really knows why is his nickname coon man oh geez who knows okay needless to say this is uh this is very controversial a lot of people are not happy about this. A lot of people calling for, you know, resignation, calling for a response. So he gets on he gets on top of this quickly. He says this is on Friday. He goes to Twitter and he posts a, a response from his office and basically says, yeah, I did some stupid stuff. I'm sorry. I'll do better. That's what mm-hmm. he says. And he, he says he doesn't have plan. He's, he plans to serve out his term. That's what he says in this in this clip. Here he is apologizing. Earlier today, I released a statement apologizing for behavior in my past that falls far short of the standard you set for me when you elected me to be your governor. That photo and the racist and offensive attitudes it represents does not reflect that person I am today or the way that I have conducted myself as a soldier, a doctor, and a public servant. I am deeply sorry. I cannot change the decisions I made, nor can I undo the harm my behavior caused then and today. But I accept responsibility for my past actions, and I am ready to do the hard work of regaining your trust. Okay, so I accept responsibility for my past actions. That strongly implies that you got me. Sorry, I did it. This is where it gets weirder, because the next day on Saturday, he comes out and says, uh, no, I've consulted with my family and my classmates from medical school. And they that's told me n- to walk it back. <laughs> that's not me. Yeah. But the reason I know that it's not me is because I wore blackface as Michael Jackson in the 80s. So I have huh. very distinct memories of wearing blackface. Right. Just not on this one occasion, which, by the way, is way different and way worse because there's a KKK hood involved, which makes it way worse than just normally wearing blackface, which I have been known to do so if you see any more photos don't be alarmed this is just baffling it's so weird to admit to wearing blackface as an excuse to skirt an accusation of wearing blackface is where we're at also i'm not really sure how it does that it's like he was trying to get ahead of future pictures coming out while denying that this picture exists yeah is that what he was trying to do? Am I wrong here? Well, and he's he's going to make the case that like if a picture, I've not seen a picture of him dressed up as Michael Jackson, presumably there may be one. Right. But he's trying to make the case that if it did happen, somehow it's way different and like excusable, whereas yeah. the yearbook one is terrible, but it's okay cuz it's not him, even though it's on his page for some reason. Right. Okay. So here he comes out and he says this. Uh, it's not me in the photo, guys. Just kidding. The governor now says he'd never seen that picture before it was shown to him Friday. When I was confronted with the images yesterday, I was appalled that they appeared on my page, but I believe then and now that I am not either of the people in that photo. 
In his initial statement on the controversy, Northam said that it was him in the racist photo, which shows a man in blackface and another person in a KKK hood. The governor walking that claim back Saturday, saying that after conversations with classmates and family, he's sure he's not in the photo. Well, it's not me. Uh, and it was horrific, and the fact that it was on my page was just unacceptable, and I felt the need, as did my staff, to reach out and, and apologize to these folks. Northam claims another moment from 1984 helped jog his memory. That same yes, year, he says, he dressed up as Michael Jackson for a dance competition in San Antonio, Texas, and used shoe polish on his face. That both of them are wrong, uh, but there's a contrast between, between the blackface and someone standing there in a Ku Klux Klan outfit and me dressed up in a Michael Jackson costume for a dance contest. They're way different. They're totally different. Not the you same at all. Wife's body language. She's like, Ugh. yeah, he is. Yeah. You can tell she doesn't want to be there. He has, there's a little bit more that he says about this Michael Jackson costume and how it, uh, how it's totally understandable. Here's some more commentary. That same year I did participate in a dance contest in San Antonio in which I darkened my face as part of a Michael Jackson costume. I look back now and regret that I did not understand the harmful legacy of an action like that. It is because my memory of that episode is so vivid that I truly do not believe um. I am in the picture in my yearbook. So it is because my memory of wearing blackface is so vivid that I know it's not me doing it this time. I see. That's, uh, that's the Northam excuse. He's going that's with it. That's crazy and ineffective. And it's also clearly him. You know that there was a PR meeting where, he, where they're like, all right, which one is worse if you're the guy in blackface or if you're the guy that's in the KKK hood? I mean, which one do you think is worse? And then he probably said at the meeting, uh, yeah, it's me in the blackface. And also I did it a lot more times than just that. Know, that's probably yeah, what he said. Yeah. Uh, no, the next here's the night thing. I was wearing the I hood. actually don't care. I, I, yeah. Honestly, I don't care about this sort of stuff. I don't care that someone wore an offensive costume X amount of years ago. I think it's weird that in the 80s, a medical school published this because a medical school has a reputation to defend right. and, and preserve and uphold. I find that odd. That said, I am not going to join, you know, the pitchforkian people every time something like this happens. I think it's weird. I also think it's hilarious because, you know, the reason I know who Ralph Northam is, the, the reason I know who he is, what's that? Because of this. Well, prior to this, that's what I'm saying. But now he'll be known for this. Yeah. The reason I know who knew who he was prior to this is because that Virginia governor's race in 2017 featured that ad from the Latino Victory <gasps> Fund. That's right. When he was running against Ed Gillespie, if you guys recall, I don't have the clip. Yes. But, but Latino Victory Fund ran an ad that had Gillespie and Trump stickers on a truck. And the running truck was down all those minorities. We yes. talked about it on the show. The I little forgot girl about that. in the hijab yes. and the little Asian kid. And they're all running and trying to climb fences so that the evil Gillespie supporter doesn't run them down. Now, in fairness, Northam did not make that ad, but he did take money from the group. To my knowledge, he never condemned the ad. And the only reason the ad disappeared. Do you remember why that ad disappeared? I remember there was a lot of public outrage. Was it related to that? Well, perhaps, but really they only deleted it after that guy, that Muslim Home Depot trucked through New York, which was the same time. So they thought it was poor taste <laughs> That's right. at that point. That's why they deleted the ad. And that's why I know who Ralph Northam is. And so it's really <laughs> ironic that you were supposed to vote Northam to escape all these yeah. insane racists. Meanwhile, five seconds worth of looking at his medical school yearbook shows this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, 
uh, of course, everybody's calling for Northam to resign. The list, uh, uh, abbreviated list I have in front of me, Virginia Senator Mark Warner, uh, Virginia Senator Tim Kaine, Virginia Reps Bobby Scott, Don Beyer, and Jerry Connolly, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Bernie Sanders, DNC Chair Tom Perez, Virginia Attorney General Mark Herring, Democratic Governors Association, even Trump tweeted, uh, Democrat Governor Ralph Northam of Virginia just stated, I believe that I am not either of the people in that photo. This was 24 hours after apologizing for appearing in a picture and making the most horrible statement on super late term abortion. Unforgivable exclamation point. So I guess good for them for still call, for being consistent. Uh, that said, the other the other thing I wanted to emphasize too is isn't it insane? Like nobody's calling, at least on the Democratic side, nobody's calling for his resignation over these late term and or post term mm-hmm. abortion comments. That's fine. That's right. fine. No problems. Wore a costume in the eighties. Outrage. He has to go. Yeah. He, he can't. He, he's ineffective. We can't stand by this guy. Yeah, I know. I don't. I mean, I don't think he should resign. But um, I'm just loving watching the left not become morally outraged by post third trimester infanticide and then being like, Oh my God, I can't believe this guy did blackface. Yeah. That's what's, that's what's going to oust him. And I guarantee you, I haven't looked in since the Super Bowl started. He might've resigned already. I guarantee you he's out this week. If he's not, how out backwards are we morally that people care about this, but not the abortion issue. I, I don't really I, do leftists look at this and they're like, Oh my God, that's terrible. They think that racism yeah. is literally worse Worse than killing, than a, killing a, 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 baby. a yeah. delivered child. Right. Or at least, I mean, to be fair, he didn't do that, but he's, I guess, advocating the option is what he's talking about. Yeah. How do you get there? I don't know, man. Generations of indoctrination, I suppose. You, uh, you, people who listen to the show know that I'm always struggling to identify my position on abortion legality. Mm-hmm. This sort of stuff just keeps pushing me further and further. It's like, I can't, how can I... Po- it's not even that I'm trying to make a pro-choice argument from a legal perspective anymore necessarily. There are certain exceptions that I struggle with, but my God, how can I, how can I possibly align anywhere near this sort of team, which totally dis- doesn't just have a dispute about morality and the question of when life begins and that sort of stuff, but appears not to grant the human life in question at all. Like they don't even grant that premise at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. And it's, it's like I said when I was talking about the New York thing. Like, if there's any ambiguity, I have to side with life because the cost, yeah, exactly. the cost of being wrong is so catastrophic. You're committing a terrible act if you're wrong, if it is, in fact, a life that's at stake and you're killing it. But I think, I guess I thought we lived in a society where we all agreed that, like, viable, late-term, especially birthed children were sort of settled in this debate apparently not apparently we don't live in that society i mean at least the left showed their hand though um i kind of appreciate the transparency because like i like i mentioned earlier i think your average leftist is looking at this going nah i'm i'm out on this yeah. one I, I can't it, it, I, I, I don't know and that's why people are so frustrated with his response too it's like because you're being he's being so flippant about what is a legitimate concern for them like sorry i'm not going to be told that i'm trying to score political points or that i'm some crazy backwards person who hates women because i don't believe you should even consider the the what would be murder at that point the murder of a child that is outside of the womb right yeah right Ugh. did you see um did you see some of the media spin on this accidental or intentional 
of course, CNN doing what CNN does. This was um, this was classic. Here's CNN reporting on the issue sometime over the weekend. A few minutes ago, Governor Northam posted this video on Twitter. My fellow Virginians, earlier today, I released oh, what's that? a statement apologizing for behavior in my past. Oh, he's a racist now, so he's a Republican. Short of the standard. Governor Northam's a Republican. There's Thanks, no CNN. No way that was an accident. <laughs> There's just no way. I was thinking about this, like trying to give the most charitable explanation for it that I could. The only thing I could come up with is the intern responsible for the Chirons at CNN thought, well, he's racist, therefore must be Republican and didn't check. Nope. But that's not good. Like, that's not an excuse. Yeah. That's still bad. Uh, and then Mother Jones, Mother Jones runs um, this ridiculous piece. Uh, here's the headline over at Mother Jones. Northam yearbook photo was unearthed by outlet associated with white nationalists. So it's not actually the... they How? They, they censored... Politics? Yeah, they censored the blackface and the Klan picture with Big League Politics's logo in the photo. And then just listen to this. The yearbook photo that could bring down Democratic governor, the Democratic governor of Virginia, was first posted online by young web outlet uh, best known for defending white nationalists. Big League Politics was founded in 2017 by a group of former Breitbart News staffers who decided that the nationalist media outlet previously run by Steve Bannon had gone, had gone too mainstream. Big League Politics started as the media arm of a pro-Trump populist nationalist political action committee, which bills itself as attack dogs for the America First agenda. The site is now owned by North Carolina political consultant Riley O'Neill, who worked for Roy Moore, dun-dun-dun, the Alabama Senate candidate whose run was derailed by child molestation charges uh, and Corey Stewart, a Republican for Virginia popular with white supremacists for his support of Confederate monuments. Last year, Stewart unsuccessfully challenged Tim Kaine for Senate and the site covered his race extensively. So the story is not that Ralph Northam does like the worst thing possible to the, that everyone at Mother Jones would freak out about. The story is about how right wing extremists are the one who the ones who, I guess, propagated the story. But this is what's so frustrating to me with a lot of these publications. The question is not the veracity of the claim. Like, is the claim true or false? It's who said it. Right. Is the character of the person who said it upstanding or not? Right, if not, right. we can discount it, even if it's demonstrably factually true. Like what difference, even if I grant their point that like they're all hood wearers at big league politics, does that make the story untrue? Any less true, right? Of course not. But the MSNBC did this too. This was sent to me from listener Michael. So thanks for the screenshot. Uh, but yeah, here's, here's Joy Reid's show on MSNBC. Far right media exposes Northam. This is always so interesting. The reaction is not the story. Or the, the story is not the, the story itself. The story is the reaction. Right. The far right the, the, you know, it's always like, how can we spin this to at least put some blame on the far right boogeyman? And then they never question uh, the people, the credibility of the people making the claim on the left. Like Joy Reid should have any credibility after the years she's had. I can't even believe they let her back on the floor. Yeah, they should hate her, but she has the right politics. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. They, they just didn't address anything that she did. And they just let her back in after a period of waiting. We need to learn a thing or two from the left and how they treat these these PR blunders. Yeah, but they, well, even that's debatable because they do it so dishonestly that I don't want to replicate that. Yeah, but we should just not address things, wait for the news cycle to turn over and then just tag the people back in like, like they do. Well, I, 
I like just don't Bill know that O'Reilly, I want to... do you think that he really needs to be let go? Well, I guess the question is, what are, what is the offense that we're going to let them tag back in for? Because they're, I'm not, just because you're on my team, so to speak, I'm not necessarily willing to tag you back in. That said, there's plenty of unjust outrage mobs that have done bad things to a lot of people who assuredly deserve a second chance. I mean, people I, threw Laura Ingram under the bus for a minor infraction. She did nothing wrong. You're talking yeah. about the David Hogg thing? Yeah. Yeah, no, who cares? about Like, if the crime is words or thought, I don't care at all. Mm -hmm. I don't care at all, even if it is white nationalist boogeyman stuff. That being you, said, I don't care about what Joy Reid said. I don't think that she should have been eviscerated by the left. Well, I think she should have been by their standards. But yeah, I, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't like it doesn't change my opinion or view of her at all. I don't want her show banned off the air or something like that. I want her to be able to speak and to pursue her career how she sees fit that said remember she went with the hacking excuse i mean that's we know she right. we know she lied her ass yeah, off she for sure did. and and that's the sort of thing i don't want to replicate i'm not mm -hmm. saying like i agree with you in spirit let's stick to our guns and not back down when confronted with illegitimate outrage and illegitimate challenge but i'm not willing to lie my ass off to like preserve the the narrative or something and, like and that. such ridiculous lies like somebody hacked the hacking lie was was absurd. Yeah. I don't remember the specifics, but I remember being like, does anybody believe that? It was the Russians, I'm sure. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, uh, the last thing I have in here, I can't wait till the, uh, till the far right uh, cures cancer. That's going to be great because then they still have to spin it. <laughs> I know. Far right cures cancer, but can you trust it? Ooh, all, they've also been known to burn crosses and wear her hoods. <laughs> so you might want to choose terminal cancer instead of going with their solution. <laughs> okay. Do you want to talk about this Jussie? Yes, thing, I do. Or let's take should a, we do a little break? Let's take a break since we're almost an hour into the show. Let's let's crank out some super chats before we hop into it. Sure. Oh, we got lots. Um, this is from NH sending love from your forty plus mama fan in Virginia. Northam is not my fault. Mm. Please check out John Ward's YouTube channel. Really creative content. Of course, he's been demonetized. Need to support all the right voices. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Sure. Gabriel Lopez, let me be the first. Fuck you, Matt. And whatever stupid game was responsible for this. <laughs> Is well, listen, it's not thing? just my football allegiance. It's the fact that like everybody in the U.S. is tuned into the Super Bowl. Like I don't want to compete with the Super Bowl, you know? Oh, he meant the show going late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derp, derp. Uh, Joshy boy, yeah. finally, the real Super Bowl begins. Yep. Mm. Uh, Cuddy says, just throwing it out there, Idaho Falls would be a good place for the Utah, Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho people to meet up when the weather's warm. And maybe we could convince Matt and Blonde to come. I could be convinced. That's actually, that's not, um, that's not too far for me. If the time works out, I'm, yeah, that's not, that's not a terribly long drive. Maybe we could hang out IRL one more time. Um, Caleb Sparks, sitting here drinking a beer, playing video games, and listening to my sanity safe space. Thanks mm. for all that you do. Thank you, Caleb. Thanks for tuning in. Spencer Vett, Matt and I once made love, and I put my bows in his man, if you know what I mean. That's why <laughs> he was so late tonight. Matt has an alibi. What's your excuse, blonde? Also, any way to fight tribalism? Um, I've addressed this in a few videos. I do not think so. I think people are inherently tribalistic, and I think people have racial allegiances just if if you look throughout history, that's, that tends to be true. So. Jeez, going hardcore with it. I mean, what? Do you think that's untrue? No, I can't, I can't deny that. I, think, I don't think tribalism is inherently bad. Bad, right. But I think it's like, um, it's like a lot of uh, natural instincts. They developed, I'm not saying that like tribalism inherently leads to survival, but it can. Mm -hmm. And sometimes 
instinctual tribalism is beneficial. I think like a lot of instincts, it's on us to harness the good and resist the bad. And I think that's true for a lot of things. I think, I don't know. I could go, I could talk about this for a long time, but we got to keep going. Hazy Archer, good evening, bitches. Can we gas the city of LA? Now on another note, I saw a marionette puppet talking border politics yesterday. Have a great stream. And as always, keep it classy. I am all for the gassing of Los Angeles. You know, I feel that. <laughs> they already gassed themselves. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yama Fago, the important thing is that the players had fun with their game of hand egg go sports. I was like, mm. <laughs> go sports. I know that's how I felt. I was like, who's winning? My husband's like, look at the TV. I'm like, oh. <laughs> the higher number. Yeah. Uh, Larkin Chu, Matt and I once made love during the Super Bowl when he took his ball to my end zone and then we proceeded to play the Rams all night long, if you know what I mean. I do know what you mean, and it's super gay. Philip yeah. Smolin says, epitome, I assume he wanted me to say epitome, but that one's on Matt. Mm. Hey, man, Matt and I once made love. He patriotically rammed my tight end, causing me to quick draw, resulting in a face mask. <laughs> Fantastic. Very creative. Oh, God. Dakota Stanton. Matt and I once made love. Macaroni art. And it was gayer than sex. He just said Matt and I once made dot, dot, dot. I screwed up your Macaroni joke. Art. Macaroni art. Macaroni art. Yeah. I mess, mess up everything. Yeah. Johnny Goldman. Thoughts on Jesse Peterson. Oh, I wasn't supposed to read that one. I cannot do this properly. Uh, Short Breath Scorpion. Matt and I once may, uh, once watched men make love. He liked it. I cringed while he was happy, so I gave him a good stabbing. Love you, blonde. I think I'm at the love of my life. She has my same values, so I hope to show her to you guys. Watch Vomit Cake. Um, thank I you, Sharpie. I, was the love I of hope your it life. works out. Yeah. Yeah. What about Matt? Dang it. No. Congrats, man. That's good. Uh, I guess we should just do a few more. Right? Sure. And then I got a few over on Streamlabs whenever you're finished up. Beaner eighty one twenty seven. This is officially my favorite podcast. Also, Smollett is more full of shit than his boyfriend's urethra. <laughs> oh my god. I have, to, I have to click. I'm just, I'm clicking them all. I'm clicking them all for that one. Uh, you, okay. That was. Okay. Are we going to Streamlabs? Go, we're to, ending... go to Streamlabs, yeah. We'll okay, we're ending Super Chat there. That was a mic drop. Who who, who was that again? That was Beaner8127. Okay, good work, Beaner. Uh, <laughs> Riggle Fraggle says, Matt and I once made love during a, an intense debate. His massive fallacy penetrated my tight rebuttal, if you know what I mean. Not calling Regal Frangle out, but I think I saw that one in the chat earlier when I set up today. Are you plagiarizing Regal Frangle? Ooh. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Dildo Swaggin says, uh, Jesse Smollett is uh, a very nice man. Uh, <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> not, a bed, <laughs> not a bed, bath, and beyond very nice man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, a wrap a rope around your neck, grab a tree, and let a few MAGA guys tear your asshole apart. Very nice man. <laughs> Hi, Mom and Dad. Christ. Hi. Uh, thank you, Dildo Swaggins. Cameron says, if whites could support their... Whoa. Whoa. This is aggressive. Whoa. I don't know. Am I going to get in trouble for reading this? For sure. But, you know. Well, so disavow. Um, this, is a, this is a thought that's independent of the show. This is what it says, though. If whites could support their race and, play, uh, and people as fiercely as they do their sports ball team, this country would be doing much better than it is today. Society ends with bread and circuses. Great job on the video, Matt. Keep up the work that you two do. As I've always said, you know, I'm not like, a, I mean, we have, we have some differences on like issues of race and culture and stuff. I'm not a big like racial team guy. That said, 
put this this sort of commentary is controversial with white on it, not controversial with anything else. Mm-hmm. That's like the that's the one thing that's that bugs me. Yep. You're a bad guy for reading that in that context, but for another race, whatever. It's totally right, cool. and it's okay for all other races to observe uh, racial allegiances as well. So, hmm. uh, hey, mom and dad, I uh, left a stable financial job so that I could read comments about <laughs> Matt's butthole. That's really what happened here. And thank you, Cameron. Try, try not to get in trouble. That's all. Appreciate it, man. Guan Rex says, Matt and I once made love. He made sure I was comfortable, then let... Uh, then left to go have a discussion with my mom. Uh, can confirm. Miles says, "Hey guys, greeting from sh- greetings from Chicago. This Jesse Smollett thing is a total hoax. They say there was bleach thrown or a substance that was poured on him during the attack. I bet I know the. F- <laughs> I bet I know the flavor. Hot, juicy. Use your imagination. Ugh, <laughs> Hot, juicy." male anatomy this was uh likely a bad hookup interesting theory ew mm. well that's a good transition because we are about to talk about this well i just got a couple more can ah, i just finish damn these you thoughts? damn I, you I, matt I, I know you had a good one there Redicus says i'm with shapiro on Corey spartacus booker that asshat left the city a shithole love Dwayne uh crack rock johnson and uh, northam can't say misrepresented he should say misspoke yeah, maybe he meant something different. I'd be more receptive to that. Would you? Well, if he said, like, here's what I meant, and it was something different, okay, fair enough. But he's yeah. saying, no, no, I meant that. <laughs> it's just you guys are evil Republicans. Yep. Ben says, uh, fuck Stan Kroenke? Uh, I actually don't know who that is. I'm so happy he lost the Super Bowl because he deserves to feel nothing but misery his entire life. Is that the uh, Rams owner? Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's the owner of the Rams. Knows. Yeah, I believe. Uh, did you guys see, uh, Andel says, did you guys see the ad about reporters who have been killed around the world? Yeah, I did see that one. Had like, oh. um, had reporters who have, yeah, reporters who were killed around the world, including um, Jamal Khashoggi. And it was for the Washington Post. Huh. I found that curious given how reporters outright slandered those Covington kids and potentially exposed them to harm. So is Virginia the uh, infanticide state or is it New York? Yeah, I mean, they're neck and neck. <laughs> Last one for now. Phil says, I don't think the normie right has figured out that crying racism needs to be mocked, not accepted at face value. At this point, it's nothing more than a club to beat dissidents with. Yeah, most, yeah, pretty much exclusively. I mean, uh, with the racist stuff, I get it. Like, if someone is being racist and mean to you, it's not cool. But at the end of the day, racism, like anything else, is still an opinion or a thought. Right. Like, if someone kicks your ass for the color of your skin. All right, I guess I'm on board. That shouldn't be happening. They violated your rights. I'm not violating anybody's rights by like being racist. It's it, there's, this is not a, what you do. If you encounter someone whose opinions you don't like, you say, eh, I don't know, man. I just don't think I want to hang out and you move along. Right. That's how that works. Why is it so difficult? Yeah. I, I, because racism is like this special fancy thing. This, this I've had people come, come at me on Twitter before when I'm had back and forth with these left-wing people and they, they get mad at me for saying that racism is just an opinion. That that's all it is. It that is. It's also not it the highest crime. It's not a crime at all. It's thought crime. Right. So yeah, it might be it might be a bad opinion. I guess. I mean, it like everything. It depends on context. It depends on what you're doing. But generally, there's got to be an action assigned to it. You have to be harming someone. Exactly. And I fail to see how that should be treated any differently, like outside the free marketplace of ideas. They act like it's yeah. this own, it's its own kind of thing that needs to be treated 
criminally? Why? Why yeah. that specifically? Yeah. Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it, it's so weird. Like they think it's the worst idea. Like it's the it's the mother of all bad ideas. Yet also they don't trust you to evaluate it for yourself. Like mm -hmm. it's so enticing and it's so attractive and you're going to be caught up in it and you're going to be you know you're going to snap your fingers and suddenly you're wearing the hood like Ralph Northam or something right. like that. I don't understand. But anyway, speaking of racist attacks, I, I actually haven't followed this story that closely. I, I saw thought it you were going to make a video about it. I thought about it, but I'm like, this is, this is obvious. Everyone was talking about it already. I didn't feel like I could add that much to it. I was like, this is obvious bullshit. Uh, yeah. Whatever. I'll just, I'll wait for Sunday. And actually I didn't have that much time to read about it. So I've, I know generally well, what I'll happened. I'll take but... you through the story of what yeah. supposedly happened. All right. Yeah. So, you know, this empire star, Jesse Smollett, I think he's gay in Jesse. real life and plays a gay guy on the show. Although I've never That's my him. understanding, I think. Yeah. He says he was brutally attacked by two white men who beat him up, put his head in a noose and screamed, "This is mega country in <sighs> Chicago." Does that have in Chicago? Right. And in Chicago during the polar vortex, right? Yes. Okay. Sources directly connected to Jesse, Jesse I'm not even going to say he's Jesse. That's such a stupid name. <laughs> Tell Look how badly they kicked his ass in this photo too. He has like a week's old scratch yeah. on his face. That looks real fresh. Like a, you know, they split his cheek open or something. This was told to TMZ by sources connected to Jesse. The actor arrived in Chicago from New York late on Monday around 2 a.m. He was hungry and went to a subway. They were then told that shortly after he walked uh, out on his way home and someone yelled, Aren't you that faggot empire N-word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then the two men, both white and wearing ski masks, viciously attacked Jesse as he fought back valiantly. But they beat him badly and fractured a rib. Then they put a rope around his neck, poured bleach on him, and as they left, they chanted, this is mega country. Right. Jeez, this is the worst hoax. Whatever. So he took himself to Northwestern Memorial where he was treated. He was discharged later that night. And I really like this part from TMZ. That grapejuice.net first yeah. posted a letter that was sent to him apparently a few weeks ago or a few months ago uh, to Fox Studios in Chicago with cutout letters like the fucking BTK killer. Yeah, ransom notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will die black fag this was they said the letter was sent eight days ago so apparently he's been um what is, okay so you see the like is it a palm tree that's to the right of him what is this drawing i, I have are, no are idea. you looking at it right now it's like yeah, a guy yeah. getting shot and then there's like it looks either like a dick with hair coming out of the end of it or a weird palm tree like what the hell am i even looking at right now so another thing that's very fishy when he went to the cops at 2 42 a.m he still had the noose around his neck so did they go to him or did he go to them? He went to them. So he shows up at the police department with the rope around his neck. Yes. Yeah. And Telling I'm assuming... what happened. They went through tons and tons of surveillance footage. They couldn't find him with anybody else. And then finally they like widened the area and they saw like two people of unknown race walking away. And they're like, these are our suspects. They're calling it a hate crime. Um, but, but initially uh, it was reported that only, the video only showed one person, which was presumably Jesse walking. Yeah, down so the street. yeah, they've only seen the footage of him like walking around this subway. They haven't corroborated it in any way. And then there's two people. Did, have they commented about those? They said there were two people, persons of interest, who were spotted walking away a half hour 
Right. And not before. in the like general in the, vicinity. Yeah. They had to like really widen the the search range to get that footage of the two people. And so they, they don't even know if these people had any contact. Right. With they they almost certainly did. They're just, it was just people, people who were there. Around. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So I'm supposed to believe that the Chicago streets are totally empty at a polar vortex, except for Jesse and the subway employee. Oh, there's another thing. Uh. ABC reported uh, on Wednesday that while the Chicago police confirmed and uh, Smollett's manager told investigators that they were on the phone during the attack, mm. the call has not been independently verified and apparently he's refusing to turn over. His yeah. Phone. So I got this. Yeah. This ABC reporter says Chicago police confirmed Jesse Smollett and his music manager, Brandon Moore told detectives they were on the phone when Smollett was being attacked. However, detectives are unable to independently verify the call occurred because Smollett refused to turn over his phone. Okay. Right. Sounds they also legit. Said, dude. We haven't seen anybody at this point matching the descriptions he gave. Nobody looks menacing, and we didn't find a container anywhere, the police said, referring to a container of liquid that the actor said was thrown at him. So, like, we can all agree that this did not happen, right? Well, not Jesse, Jussie, Jussie Smollett, who got on stage in West Hollywood last night to clarify some uh, things. So, so he, he gets on stage, he says, no, I did not, in fact, break any ribs, and my doctors say I'm good to perform. But he, then he says, you know, look at me, I fought so bravely. I'm the gay Tupac. <laughs> Jesse Smollett, the gay Tupac. Here he is. I was bruised, but my ribs were not cracked. They were not broken. I went to the doctor immediately. Frank Gasson drove me. I was not hospitalized. Both my doctors in LA and Chicago cleared me to perform, but said to take care, obviously. And above all, I fought the back. I'm the gay Tupac. Yeah, so fresh off getting his ass, his ass beat. Like yeah. he was put in mortal danger. Now he has no visible injuries. He's on stage performing. There's nothing wrong. Uh, sorry about the lie I told about breaking a rib. That's not true. But please believe me on all of my other right, right. insane claims. That's the only one I lied about. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, but there seem to be plenty of people who still buy this at face value, despite the oh, fact that there's zero substantiation. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, look at the NPR, the NPR article that was published Today, what does this say? Je Jesse Smollett strikes emotional chord. Attackers won't win. And this is a summary of like what he did on stage in Hollywood last night. I mean, where's the head? I don't know. I'm not seeing a lot of headlines from at least mainstream outlets that are like, this is almost certainly bullshit. Didn't Trump comment on it as well? I didn't see that. I don't know what he said. Let me know did. in the live chat. But I think he said something like, oh, it was a horrible attack. I mean, just just think of all the unbelievable things uh, at play here. So I, 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 where are my notes? I wrote some stuff down here. Um, yeah. So so I mean, point one: if he was in fact attacked while on the phone, as he claims he was, you give that evidence to the cops. You hand mm -hmm. that over. You find the people who did it. Point two: <laughs> about what makes this unbelievable. If you want to actually get your ass kicked in Chicago and or shot and or killed, just wear a MAGA hat. Walk around <laughs> saying this is Trump country. You'll die. Not Jesse yeah. Smollett. Yeah, yeah. It's most certainly not MAGA country. I, I don't know who the hell this guy is. Never heard of him before. Guaranteed anybody who actually loves Trump does not know him and certainly does not know him as that faggot empire N word that nobody knows who he is. 
How would you even know? One, you're not even a recognizable celebrity, but two, I assume you're all bundled up in sub-zero polar vortex Chicago weather. And three, the demographic you're talking about is not inclined to watch your show, dude. Right. And I is in that kind of clothing, I, you and I would probably walk right past each other and not recognize each other. In sub-zero temperatures, your face has to be covered. Like, you've got to be covered up. You might not even recognize the president of the United States in yeah. such a circumstance. You won't be able to see anything. The idea that this guy is immediately identifiable. But, and then the understated part, uh, well, and here's the, here's the other inconsistency before I get to that. He actually originally told the police nothing about this political motive and then told that to TMZ. Huh. And then the police, if I'm understanding the story correctly, the police then got back and said, well, I'm sorry, what? What's all this MAGA country... Uh, like racial and political motivation it, stuff. You just said agenda. you got your ass kicked. He's yeah. like, oh yeah, I, I had a moment of clarity. I remember. Last point, what seems very obvious to me, unless I'm missing something, you can't pour bleach onto your clothes or skin and have no evidence of that. That's yeah. going to damage your clothes. That will damage your skin. You'll, bleach has a very distinct smell even when you get it on your hands and stuff. Mm -hmm. There'd be evidence of that. So far, yeah. there's no substantiation of that. Where's Where's the front of his jacket that's all bleached out you know man i guess he didn't realize that he kind of made himself seem like a pussy like two trump guys can just come into your hood and kick the shit out of you and that's it like no no evidence nothing i don't know but uh i i'm sure what's probably going to happen here is the chicago police department is going to conclude an investigation say can't can't find anything sorry yeah and this is just going to fade away but there's going to be a certain percentage of the, the population that still, still accepts this it. going forward. And As still with all it. hoax hates, no retractions will be issued. Nobody will backtrack and people will continue to believe the first yeah. story that was released. Speaking of hoax hate, I forgot to actually play him the sounder he deserves because of course that was one of the most intricate ca cases of hoax, hoax hate we've seen in some time. That said, lucky for me, I have backup hoax Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? A New Jersey restaurant owner says two customers left anti-immigrant uh, messages or an anti-immigrant huh. message. This, this is the receipt bit that we've seen many times before. Now, don't be fooled by this Fox story. The receipt you see on screen here is not, in fact, the, the receipt in question. It's very misleading because you can see a, a tip written in on this one. That's, it's just like a stock photo that Fox is using, which I wish they didn't do that. The actual Facebook post is down here. But anyway, this restaurant owner says two customers left an anti-immigrant message and no tip for a server because they, because they believed the server to be an immigrant. The owner of this restaurant, this is the Under the Moon Cafe in New Jersey. His name is Santiago Orozco. And he shared this photo to Facebook. The receipt comment reads, don't tip immigrants, aggressively underlined <laughs> with three exclamation points. So, you know, they're serious. Mm. Now, the post claims there's a lengthy post under this. I'm going to just read you some of this and see if this sounds credible to you. We had a couple come in to dine at our restaurant. They were in their mid to late 40s. They raved about the food, the decor and the service. So they were just vocal about how much they loved this place to so much so that the owner noticed in fact upon arrival they seemed 
very excited about dining at Under the Moon, complimenting the ambience, as well as the recommendations that our server had made. Uh-huh. At, at the end of the service, uh, our good server grabbed the check from the table, told the customers good night, and thanked them as they were leaving. While our server was closing out for the evening and reconciling sales receipts, so she didn't notice this until closing the restaurant. Yeah. She didn't see it immediately. Didn't see it. Uh, didn't see it until closing the restaurant later at night. She's reconciling the sales receipts. She noticed that these customers had written a note on the back of their bill stating, don't tip immigrants. I can only assume that they heard our American multilingual server speak Spanish to another employee. I am utterly shocked at this blatant ignorance. Now here's where he starts going on his little, uh, his little tirade here, his little, his little uh, stump speech. I am a very proud immigrant. I came to this country for a better future, which with a lot of sacrifice, heartache, pain, and sweat, I have accomplished. My family has tirelessly worked to create a great life and I owe it to this country and all its opportunity. America has always been great. Okay. Uh, Immigration. Yeah. Good for you for actually saying that, I guess. Immigration and cultural blending are what has created this special country. I truly believe that immigrants are key contributors to our society. I love this part. Also, I am gay. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I am gay. And under the moon, we accept all people, but not ignorance and discrimination. So please do not come back. P.S. Your server who helped create an excellent experience for you, who you discriminated against with written ignorance and no tip is not an immigrant. She is of Spanish descent, born in America and is multilingual. Uh, This Post and was made. Super gay. Yeah, and also she's very gay. <laughs> uh, this post was made on Saturday. Unsurprisingly, much like Jesse Smollett, no substantiation since. Although the one mm. thing I can say to the credit of the owner of the Under the Moon Cafe, I dug around. No GoFundMe. Okay. So maybe they're just asking for tips. I don't know what you would ask for GoFundMe in this case. Any like what? what what's the harm that needs to be? Reconciled? I don't know. Do they ever have a good reason? It's usually emotional stuff. Some, well, I mean, in the case of property damage. Yeah. There's at least that when they actually do the spray paint bit or something like that. Uh, I have some questions about this, but I'll defer to you if you have any. I, like every hoax hate, this clearly <laughs> didn't happen. We've talked about receipt cases at least twice before. What was the last one? Uh, we don't tip gay muzzy terrorists. Something, something like that. Like There's that. been several receipt cases that have been proven hoaxes. For sure. Yeah. I remember there was one at a Texas steakhouse recently. I can't. I don't have the specifics in front of me, but... Yeah. yeah, it seems the receipt ones are really easy to perpetrate. Um, and wasn't one of the waitresses fired last time for this? I know there was uh, the steakhouse guy. I think it was a guy, and that person was fired. Was but there's been there have been several. This yeah. is a this is a recurring bit. And here's the thing that bugs me about this one is they didn't even have the bo- they didn't even um, do the work of hoaxing it properly. Like right. what we're looking at is just the back of a receipt that says "Don't tip immigrants." Anyone could have written that. Show me the front where it says zero in the tip and it's signed and it says don't tip immigrants as the reason, by the way, on the front of the receipt, there's probably an identifier for who these people are. Mm-hmm. Why don't you show us who they are? If they're yeah. such terrible people, why don't you shame them? Why don't you show me the front of that receipt so I can see zero tip? Presumably there's a reason you're showing me the back because it's bullshit or show me both. If this is where they wrote, because you're making the claim zero tip, show me what they wrote on the back. If that's how it happened, but also show me on the front where they yep. signed it. Yep. I assume there's a reason you're probably not doing that. But beyond that, because they're such good people. And even though they did this horrible thing to them, they want to protect their identity. Of course. 
I mean, just think about this story, though. So the couple comes in and raves about the food and the decor and the service. <laughs> they notice every detail about the place, yeah. and they're very vocal about it, yet they don't notice that their server is Hispanic. And uh, they don't notice that the owner is Hispanic, even though they're very, very racist. By the way, who would go to an Ar- Argentinian restaurant and be, like, offended or upset that someone is speaking Spanish? That seems like a logical thing to expect. Why would you be like, we're very racist, but let's go... Get this epic to, food, right? Like, we hate... Spanish-speaking people, but let's go check it out. Obviously, why is being gay even relevant? The alleged haters in this case said nothing of it, but the owner just goes out of his way to say, also, I am gay. <laughs> okay, cool, dude. Yeah. Um, and, and lastly, I presume there's probably uh, most, most businesses these days have some sort of surveillance or some sort of video for their own protection. Right. Maybe this place doesn't. It's a small cafe, but... I bet there's something. I bet there's some kind of video that they don't want to show. Yeah. And, and you go look at the comments on Facebook, and it's about an even split. There's half of people saying what we're saying, which is like, this is bullshit. I've seen this a million times. <laughs> and then the other half of people uh, virtue signaling, saying, how could you deny the suffering right, of minorities suffering. in Trump's America and all this nonsense? I mean, show me some evidence. Show me the front of that receipt for starts. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll believe you. Um, let's see. To, for the rest of the show, we got Jack Dorsey on uh, Rogan, which is it's a it's a little bit of a thick segment. And then we got some of these uh, Antifa run-ins with the law or left-wing activist run-ins with the law. Why don't we take care of a few super chats before we do those and sure. hop, hop back? We have back freeze. Have you heard about the new Colorado bill SB nineteen oh four two? It awards all electoral college votes to the national popular candidate instead of state choice. It's part of the yeah. national popular vote compact. will do the same in 11 other states. Really? Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, it, it, the, the Colorado legislature is saying, uh, doesn't matter how, what's the term? Coloradans? Go with that. Doesn't matter how Coloradans vote. Uh, we're just going to give our electoral votes to however New York and California vote. Jeez. What, do you want to destroy the country? Because state autonomy is how you keep it together. Yikes. Thank you, Backfreeze. Uh, Boogeyman917, I can't believe someone would have so much hate in their heart. Then again, <laughs> this is Trump country. Cheers to my favorite podcast duo. Thank you. Well, thanks. Dakota Stanton, being able to bash in sub-zero weather is white European privilege. Yeah, uh, sounds about right. Sharp Breath Scorpion, fake and gay, blonde doesn't have legs. Matt, grow out your ISIS beard. You fake Your fake girlfriend approves. She's real. We text all the time. She's, uh, she's an illegal immigrant stripper. Single mom. Single mom, yeah. One-legged. <laughs> it's a very it. nice leg. <laughs> it, it's as good as two on other, on other girls. <laughs> That's not right. Matt and I once made love during the Super Bowl. He scored a touchdown, and I spiked his balls, if you know what I mean. Ah, thanks. Ah, Jay Edgar Brady once had a mega hat in his locker. Belichick once made a shout-out to Trump in a speech, and Matt and I once made love. Also, super mm. gay. Semper ad Meliora. I grew up in New York. I hate Boston sports as much as anyone. After that article, I'm ordering a Patriots jersey right now. Yeah, I was legitimately rooting for the Patriots today uh, because I want people like this Daily Beast author to be mad. Yeah, I don't like the Patriots. I just, to the extent that they represent like Team Trump and white nationalism or whatever. Yeah. All right. I guess I'm pro-Patriots now. Just to stick it to you guys. Sports are gay. Um, MJ, MJ, Tim Pool also behind Matt Mega Smirker in listener artwork. Oh, he is. Huh. I is he? I, I actually didn't. I'll, I could bring it Thank back you, up. Let me take another look. 
John Martin. Woohoo, Edelman wins most valuable undersized wide receiver. Oh my God, he is back in there. Very tiny. We didn't even notice. That's a good eye. I didn't Thanks, even see MJ. it at all. You're Eli. exactly right. Zach says, do you guys think Dems long-term would be smart to run Bernie sacrifice 2020 with a far left loon? Then use the loss to club the fringe back toward the center where they can actually win. Huh? Mm. I don't know. He's too old. I think it would be stupid. I don't think they'll do it. Uh, what do you think? So we got a question for Wednesday about who's going to get the nomination. Well, so I kind of want, kind of want to punt for then. I, I'm actually, I, if I'm betting, I would bet Biden. I think he jumps in. I think he probably gets the nomination and he's one yeah. of them. He's one of the Democrats I would fear most would be Biden. Yeah. Okay. Even though okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Trump would for sure lose, but I think he has, Biden has a better chance than a lot of the democratic field. Okay. So that'd be my bet. Uh, Michael Lazari wasn't Alex Jones held accountable for his conspiracy theories about the Sandy hook families. How does this standard not apply to Kathy Griffin for inciting a targeted doxing campaign? Yeah. And, and Joe asked, uh, Joe asked, um, Jack Dorsey about that specifically. And he sort of weaseled his way out of it, but that was one thing yeah. that came up. Yeah. Rainier Chen. Hi guys. We'll watch the show tomorrow. In the meantime, I hope my mom won't make a sudden decision regarding my life while she's keeping me comfortable. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, let's do two more right now. David Blackstone. Well, I'm in Twitter jail for using hashtag learn to code. Some animals are more equal than others. P.S. Has anyone noticed YouTube has removed the live stream tab for the trending page? I have not noticed. Guess they mm. didn't like thought crime trending. Mm. Yikes. Last one for right now is Connor Ruck. The Democratic debate format. One question for all. How much do you hate Trump? Your answer must be in slam poetry accompanied by an interpretive <laughs> dance number. Oh, wouldn't that be something? Well, I need to make a graph because this is going to be determined by basically th there's a chart for what you have to do as a Democratic candidate. On one axis, you have intersectionality. Right. And the other axis, you have hatred of Trump. Uh -huh. So what you, what you want ideally is like king or queen of both. But if you're not intersectional, like if you're Joe Biden, you're going to have to hate Trump way, way more, more right. than any of the others. This is how this is going to play out. If you're like Kamala Harris or if R2 Dindu jumps into the race, you can just win by virtue of your intersectionality. You don't really have to hate Trump that much. Yep. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'm half joking, but seriously, the white men are going to go harder at Trump than anybody else because they have to. Yeah. That's their way to win. No, I think you're totally, I'm laughing, but, but I know what you're saying. This is the strategy. Seriously. <laughs> this is, I guarantee you, seriously, in some Democratic HQ meeting, they're like, well, uh, you know, we're going to have a tough time as a white male and they're evil and bad. And we can, so we're just going to have to go extra hard and really, uh, you know, convince people that we're the ones to take it to Trump. Yeah. So I guarantee yeah. you that's going on. Speaking of pussy leftist white men. Ooh. Are you done with Streamlabs? Am there's, I transitioning to There's early? one. Okay, no, no, you got it. I do not get it. Michu says, I do not get it. If they keep putting far right next to every source of truth, soon it is going to be synonym uh, synonym with truth. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, far right equals true. Yeah. You we're almost at that point, honestly. Like, it is interesting to me. If I see far right, I think one of two things. Like, I might think likely true. Yeah. But I definitely think interesting and worth looking at. If it's far right, whatever. Like I got to check it out. Well, now I have uh, to look. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. What was your What was your transition? Speaking of, it's too late now because you were talking about Joe Biden. It was relevant at the time, though. Everybody remembers. Speaking that. of weak white guys or something, whatever it was. It was okay. So Jack Dorsey. I had no idea this was coming. I just heard about this yeah, like yeah. Friday night, whenever it was. Like, oh my God, Joe Rogan is live with Jack Dorsey, and I thought, 
damn, I'm gonna have to check this out. And uh, it was a little under two hours long. Um, uh, I listened to the whole thing, and I, I mean, I, I'm glad I, I heard the parts that that will play in a second. But mostly, it was it was Joe just asking him questions about like Twitter functionality, and and he did get into the the censorship stuff and things like that. But a lot of people are mad that it was pretty softball. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's a fair thing to say. That said, if you like to watch people contradict themselves and be given the um, the long leash to contradict themselves, you might have enjoyed this, or at least. I, I guess let's put it this way. I'm glad that I got to hear Jack Dorsey contradict himself as opposed to Joe Rogan, like interrupting him or mm-hmm. not letting him speak. Now it's not either or a good interview can, a good interviewer can do both. But what I'm trying to do is say that I think Jack Dorsey deserves more heat in this arrangement than does Joe Rogan. Whatever the reason, the ratio is not kind. <laughs> oh boy. Good Lord. I'll show you the end of this. Yeah. This is a little, I think I cut it down to like a couple minutes. If you need me to stop at any point in this, I'm going to offer some commentary afterward, but there's a lot of ridiculousness in here. So here's some highlights from, um, from Jack Dorsey on Joe Rogan's show. How do you decide whether or not this is a valid discussion or if this is air quotes hate speech? You're right in that, like, I, th- I think when people see Twitter, they see and they expect it to be a public square. They can go into that public square. They can say whatever they want. They can yeah. get on a pedestal and people might gather around them and listen what they have to say. Some of them might find it offensive and they leave. The difference is there's also this concept of this megaphone and the megaphone can be highly targeted it's not the speech it's how it's amplified this is why this discussion of what is social media is it something that everybody has a right to or is it something that should be restricted to only people that are willing to behave and uh, carry themselves in a certain way? I believe it's something that everyone has a right to. Everyone but... has a right to. But you still ban people. Like Alex Jones. You guys were the last guys to keep Alex Jones on the mm-hmm. platform. People, I think, would have assumed that we would just have followed suit. But he didn't violate our terms of service. Right. And afterwards, he did. And and we have you know we have a we have a policy and if if uh, you know the, there's a violation we take uh, enforcement actions. Next natural question: What did Alex Jones do? Right, right. Pay attention to his answer. What but, did he do? But what we're looking at is the is the is a conduct and what he did on our platform. So what did he do on your platform that was like that you all were in agreement that this is enough. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure what the, what the actual, like, you know, violations were. Everyone has a right to these technologies. And I think they also have a right to make sure that they have a very simple and open read of the rules. And, and we're not in a great state there. My friend Sam Harris was trying to get you guys to ban Donald Trump. He was saying, if you follow your terms of service, he's saying, hey, Korea, my bombs are bigger than your bombs. Like, what else does the guy have to do? Powerful figures or public figures might uh, be in violation of our terms of service, but the tweet itself is of public interest. Yes. There should be a conversation around it. We always have to balance that with like, is this a, is this something that the public has interest in? And I, I believe generally the answer is yes. It's not going to be in every case, but generally the answer is yes, because we should see 
how our leaders think and how they act. It that all, informs voting. That informs yes. the, the conversation. That informs whether we think they're going they're doing the right job or we we think that you know they should be uh, they should be voted out. And there's the ratio as of this afternoon. Oh my god, And Joe's show is beloved, rightfully so. Uh, people love this show. It's one of the mo- it's what is it the most popular podcast probably in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, to get this kind of audience reaction, like I said, I don't know if they're more mad at Jack or Joe, but people are not having it. People are quite mad. Yep. I, I wish I I wish Joe would have asked Jack. Uh, who determines what's in the public interest? Exactly. Um, you at Twitter. Um, I mean, I, I agree with him in, in that regard. I think it is of public interest, but he just yes. straight up admitted that there's a separate terms of service for public and private citizens after mm-hmm. saying that everybody has a right to be on social media and yeah. to speak freely in the, in the public forum. I thought um, that that point about public interest was fascinating, not just because to me, it seems obvious that the public determines what's in the public interest, right, not right. you, Jack Dorsey. But consider what he said compared to what he had said prior about harassment. That is to say, well, there's free speech and then there's kind of this megaphone bit. And if it's amplified, then we have to intervene. Okay. So on, on, on one side of this coin, you're saying amplification, a very loud message is reason for us to intervene and censor. On the other side of this coin, you're saying amplification, a very loud message. Well, that's public interest and that should not be censored. Which is it? Because he's just made the case that this amplification idea, this big message everybody's paying attention to, is both reason to censor and to right. stay away, not right. to intervene. The, that doesn't make any sense. The obvious point that, that, um, that I know Sargon made a video on and, and a lot of people are going with too, it's like, if you have a right to social media, why are you banning people? <laughs> and, and, uh, and secondarily, he goes from saying, well, everyone has a right to know Everyone has a right to social media and everyone has a right to know what the rules are. Well, one, you haven't made it known what the rules are. That's very unclear per this interview, in fact. But two, what is a right with rules? I mean, I'm not saying there aren't ever restrictions on rights, but the more rules you add, the less it's a right. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that doesn't Um, really make a lot of sense. As far as the Alex Jones banning, the fact that he couldn't recall anything specific (sighs) just lends to the credible theory that they likely decided to ban him and then retroactively found something that violated their terms of service, which is very vague. Which he denies. He says explicitly in this interview, well, yeah. Subsequently, right. The rest of Silicon Valley tipped like dominoes and people expected us to get in line, but we didn't think he violated our rules. Then lo and behold, after like a week or two of extreme pressure, we suddenly found the treasure chest of Alex Jones' terms of service violations. Right. And we punished him. And yeah, it really bugs me for him to say definitively after the fact he violated our rules. Mm -hmm. Joe asks the obvious question. What did he do? Uh, Uh, I can't recall specifically. Well, if he can't recall specifically, how do you know he violated the rules? That should be a very easy question to answer. Live chat said it's up to 44 down now. (laughs) Is it? Damn, dude. I mean, uh, you know, I would encourage people to listen to it. Even though I, I hated what Jack Dorsey is saying, I do think it's a, interesting window into the thinking of these um these social media giants and these silicon valley giants that you don't often see like how often do you get to hear zuckerberg or sundar pachai at google or the rest of these people sit down at length in an unedited setting Mm -hmm. so 
you know, whether, whether you're mad or not, I'm, I thank Joe for doing that and for getting yeah. this conversation. Um, so, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, God, um, I guess the, the only other thing that I had to say too is uh, I wish I could ask Jack about it. if we accept this premise, like as it relates to the president about the public being able to evaluate the non-interventionism with the president's tweets because he thinks the public should be able to evaluate for themselves what he says and then vote accordingly. Now, I agree, and, I, and I'm sure you do too, mm-hmm. 100%. That's, that should not be censored. People should make judgments about who they're going to vote for uh, based on tweets or whatever else he says. That said, how is that any different from my judgment of your tweets or Milo Yiannopoulos' tweets or anybody's tweets? Why shouldn't I be the one who judges that person and whether or not I like that person, whether or not I want to follow what that person says. If you accept the reasoning with regard to the president of the United States, why wouldn't you accept that reasoning for everybody Mm -hmm. unless he sees some distinction in voting in public office? But what's the distinction? Why is that different? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. These are questions you're not going to get answered, I guess, because they're non. he can't answer them squarely. It's a nonsense worldview that he has. (sighs) Why don't you tell me about these Antifa stories, which I had actually hadn't heard in the news mm. until I saw them in the outline. This um, this first one in Oregon, I think we heard people mentioning was it last Sunday or maybe on the call-in show on Wednesday, and it was news to me then. It is interesting that both of these are fairly significant run-ins with the law for. I guess I I want to be fair because I don't know that the guy in the Oregon shooting is like an Antifa member specifically, right, but he's yeah. an involved left wing activist, and so he was actually this is it's a police shooting. So I guess I'm especially surprised not to see a lot of um a lot of attention to this, given that it was in fact a deadly police shooting in Eugene, Oregon. But this guy, his name is Charles Landeros. And he refused to leave Cascade Middle School there in Eugene when he was asked to do so by school resource officers on January 11th, according to District Attorney Patty Perlow. Landeros struggled with them, which we'll see uh, on body cam footage in a moment, and then tried they tried to arrest him um, and then fired two shots at one of the officers. And it's clear as day that he pulls a gun uh, on, the, um, on the body cam footage. Uh, and the officers then fired back and killed him. I, th- I think they hit him in the head. Uh, but but I'm not sure if this is actually visible on the on the footage, and I've censored our f- footage of it, so you know, just so YouTube doesn't strike us down or give us an age restriction or anything like that. But Landros was at the school that day over a conflict with his daughter's mother. Mm. His daughter's mother had enrolled the girl in the school earlier in the week without telling his former spouse. But school officials later learned that the girl's mother had the sole authority to decide which school the girl attended. Uh, and as I mentioned, there is body cam footage of this encounter. It's fairly brief, and I'm not showing anything that's crazy graphic, but if you're sensitive to this sort of thing, uh, be forewarned to the extent that it is a fatal shooting. But here's what it looked like. The principal is the police. You don't have jurisdiction over here? I do. I'm actually not the school. Asking to leave. Listen to me. If the principal has not asked me to Listen to me. Now notice he's got his Smash the Patriarchy shirt on, too. Now you can see here, slow motion, he clearly pulls a gun. The report is that he fired twice at the officers. I, I can't clearly identify I that in the footage, tell, yeah. but he's clearly armed, clearly resisting, clearly aiming 
this handgun at one of the officers whose body cam is rolling. Uh, I don't see what option they have. I mean, the, the cops have in such a scenario, right? Uh, yet this is somewhat controversial to um, to people in Eugene, which I'll get to momentarily. But the other Why? part of this, because it's a police killing. Well, they murdered my friend or whatever. Yeah, okay. Um, the only tragedy here is that he died wearing a Smash the Patriarchy shirt. Smash the Patriarchy and chill is what it says, I guess. It's somehow worse. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, but th- apparently this guy had a record of making threatening anti-law enforcement commentary on social media in 2018 the fbi received information in a tip line that charles landeros was posting violent anti-government messages on social media according to the da the information was referred to the local fbi office which concluded there was insufficient information to substantiate that a crime had been committed but on january 9th two days before the deadly shooting outside the school police in nearby springfield received a screenshot of a facebook comment on a story about a man uh, shot and killed by police in Portland. The comment from Charlie Landeros read, time to start killing pigs. And then on the morning of January 11th, about an hour before the incident at Cascade Middle School, somebody alerted the manager of Springfield Police uh, Facebook that someone named Charlie Landeros had commented death to all pigs on a post on the department Facebook page mm. about a California police officer shot and killed while investigating a traffic crash. Uh, you and he was still, planning something? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, but it seemed like a domestic issue. The, yeah, he had a reason to be at the school, right? But it, if we're to believe that these posts are authentically his, it seems like he had a healthy anti-cop worldview and persuasion, and for whatever reason, decided that pulling a gun on officers arresting him for trespassing was a good idea. Yeah. And then, of course, you got a lot of people on Twitter who are really mad at the Eugene uh, Police Department. What people are they supposed tweeting, to do? You straight up murdered an activist and friend of mine two days ago. You are literal human waste, people are writing on, on Twitter. And this is where it gets bad. It's sort of unclear if these are related, but there is a story out of Eugene now that um, there were incendiary devices left outside the Eugene Police Department headquarters on Monday. Uh, there were several of these, and the police have examined them and investigated, and they're legitimate, you know, non-hoax, non-dummy, in, active incendiary devices. And it's not currently known if these are related, like if this incident is related to blowback from the shooting, but that's mm-hmm. sort of speculated by some people because there's animosity toward the police. suicide by a cop. I'd imagine Basically. what happened was that he knew there was going to be some kind of domestic issue going to the school, and he knew that there were probably cops there. And so Mm -hmm. we brought the gun anticipating that there was going to be some kind of confrontation. I mean, I don't know. For all I know, he is just a concealed carry guy who carries everywhere he goes. And I don't want to act like that's criminal in and of itself. Right, right. Uh, That said, posting, I mean, the the thing about his posts too is they're like, you like, is that a threat that's immediate enough? Obviously the police investigated and determined it wasn't actionable. As much as I don't like it, I guess you can say death to all pigs or cops. What you can't say is, I have a plan to go kill them now. You can't have that immediacy. Right. But, um, but I mean, yeah, it's like, even if that doesn't count as a, as a legal threat that's legally actionable, you still have a guy who's posting strong anti-cop violent posts online. You have a guy who resisted arrest. You have a guy who unholstered his firearm, pointed it at police, 
fired twice per the DA, got shot in the head, and I'm supposed to believe that he was murdered. No, he was trying to murder. Mm-hmm. That's what he was doing. He was right. trying to murder. I'm so jaded. I feel I watched that footage and I I feel basically nothing. Mm-hmm. I've seen. I, it is crazy how you see more and like the more body cam footage of shootings you see, the less they impact you, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, the only one that really impacted me was that guy that got shot in the hallway. Yeah, that one was that the, one the toughest to watch, yeah. Um, but this time, it's like you, you drew your gun on several armed police officers in what I presume is a gun-free zone after a domestic dispute. Like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? There are several steps where you can say, Mm, don't do that. You'll be alive. Right. Don't do that. You'll be alive. Don't do that. You'll be Just alive. Just don't and escalate he, with police. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially don't pull a gun on them and shoot at them. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, and I think I would hope to most rational people, if you pull a gun and shoot at anybody, let alone police, at that point, you have forfeited your right to live. Yep. Like you can justifiably be killed. You are lethally threatening somebody else. Anyway, that's not all. Um, This D.C. Antifa leader has been charged with ethnic intimidation related to that attack on Marines uh, back in November. This guy, he's the leader of Washington, D.C. It's called like Smash Racism, D.C., whatever their group is. His name is Joseph uh, or Jose Alcoff, and he's known as Chepe. (laughs) He was arrested and charged with multiple... uh, felonies in uh, philadelphia on january 10th in connection with um, that antifa mob attack against two marines in november so if you if you don't recall the incident um, he's facing 17 charges including multiple counts of aggravated assault ethnic intimidation conspiracy and terroristic threats and one count of robbery while inflicting serious bodily injury so the story went like this the marines alejandro godinez and luis torres testified in december that a group of 10 to 12 Antifa members called them Nazis and white supremacists. You know, Luis Torres. Yeah. That white supremacist. And and his friend Alejandro, the the white supremacist. Uh, These Antifa guys attacked them, calling them Nazis and white supremacists on the street, despite their denials that they had any association with the right wing group demonstrating nearby. So apparently there was some sort of, I mean, who knows? It could have just been like, I don't know, generic pro-choice activists or something like this. It it could have been actually Hitler or it could have been like a church group that doesn't want abortion. Who knows what that means? Yeah. During the attack, the attack, Godinez or Godinez, is that how you'd say it in Spanish? I don't know. Whatever. Godinez. Says he shouted. uh, So he was shouting to these guys, I'm Mexican at the mob, (laughs) which which allegedly led the attackers to call him, get this, a spick and a wet back. So... Get out of here, Nazi. I'm Mexican. Get out of here, you spick and wetback. Okay. This Alcoff guy, as I mentioned, is an organizer of Smash Racism DC, and they're the the same group responsible for uh, mobbing um, Fox News host uh, Tucker Carlson's house in November and chasing Republican Senator Ted Cruz from a DC restaurant. Uh, I believe that was in... It says... Oh, yeah, that was in September. Tucker's house was in November. The, the Ted Cruz thing was in September. Alcoff pled not guilty to the charges and is currently facing, or he's currently out on $15,000 bail. Wow, who paid that? I don't know. I guess uh, he must have a lot of GoFundMe money or something like that. But that is your Antifa justice update for the week. What a weird week. And that's all I got. That's all I got for a show. So we can close out. Let me reload this real quick. Uh, do you have any streamlabs? 
I do. Let's uh, let's see what we got. Um, I, I actually thought I played something really good. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, I got I got it. Big Ed says I wish uh, Dom Dom Delisi. I don't actually know who that is. Dom Deli going Delusi still alive today because uh he could say oh this is the guy who did the you see the, i have sounders from movies that i don't even know what the references are they just send me they just send me uh the movie clips and i use them so this is the guy who originally said this okay faggot what's next so big ed is saying he wishes that guy was still alive so he could say it to jesse <laughs> yeah and uh, matthew says a great show as always don't forget to do your part and subscribe to pewdiepie i already have but I, uh, I agree, and I hope he wins against the uh, Formidable Evil T-Series or whatever the bit is. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. Um, are you good on streamlines? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rachel Jane, I'm with Blonde on the meth couple being heartwarming. My husband is watching with me for the first time tonight and is really liking the show. Thank you. Oh. Thank you, Rachel. We well, thanks for tuning in. SK, my biggest problem with the blackface controversy is that people will forget the post-third-term abortion comments disregard baby murder. There was racism afoot. I know. Hmm. Scott yeah, Allen. It, it is backwards priorities. It's, it's unbelievable. It's just ass backwards. Please note that Gover- Governor Northam as a doctor, uh, is a doctor and yeah. is a pediatrician. Yes, that's true. Yeah, Incredible. and he put out a tweet that got just horrendously ratioed saying, I've devoted my entire career to defending children and I will not hear anything otherwise. All right. Okay. Uh, Mithrin, at this point, I'd love to return the Roe v. Wade standard. This is even beyond the Casey undue burden standard. It is infanticide full stop. Great. Fat hooligan, how did abortion even become so widely accepted as an ethical question in the first place? Do you know the history of that? This is something that just mystifies me. Um, slowly, I think, and generations of indoctrination. Slosher yeah. says, is assassination murder? Well, that is a discussion that will occur between a client and his hitman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Leave Mithrin. that alone. But, you know. Mithrin says, oh, for fuck's sake, at this point, just, up, let's just legalize. Oh, whoops. Sorry. <laughs> Get one. Uh, at this point, let's just legalize 11th trimester abortions. Everyone knows how inconvenient two-year-olds can be after all. Wouldn't want them to be a bother or anything. Yeah, we'll call them overtime abortions or something like that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Semper Ad Melior, Northam's next defense. No, no, my nickname was not Coon Man. It was King Junior Man. Sometimes <laughs> was... when you're typing real fast, you accidentally combine the words. I like that one a lot. No, no, it was Martin Luther King Junior Man. I was a big fan. It was not Coon Man. The Coward Liberius. Please ignore the governor's blackface thing at Smoke and Mirrors to avoid talking about the fact that Democrats are literally advocating post-term abortion or post-birth abortion. Sorry. Remember, all slopes are slippery. I'm learning that is true. That's that's the tinfoil angle. What if I told you that big league politics is a left-wing agent who is diverting attention away from the abortion plans and Ralph Northam is just their, uh, you know, the the person they're throwing (laughs) under the bus to accomplish this. Oh, man. Somebody make, needs to make like a Coon Man action series, like a Martin Luther King Jr. Man. <laughs> Not Tranny racist Bane. man. Yeah. I know. I wouldn't be surprised if Giuseppe knew of the blackface photo, but didn't release it because that'd be below the belt. We need to respect our opponent, Alan McCain and Romney v. Obama. Yeah, you know who else had it too a months ago was Dan Bongino. And really? he could not verify that it was, in fact, Northam in the photo. Good old so he didn't blockhead it. Dan. There's people going after, speaking of the media spin, about like uh, twisting this to say white nationalists released it. The other side is people are going after Dan Bongino for supposedly failing ethically for not releasing this. Like he did Why? something wrong by not 
he does good investigative work. I'm he, sure he, he thought there wasn't enough proof yet. So yeah, uh, I, I trust I, Dan Bongino. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter. Super chat is highly censoring these messages. Take my hard earned wampum. You shekel snatchers. We will. Thank you. Mm. Nick. No note. Uh, sign fan 21. Hi, I'm blonde and Matt beauty and the beta is arguably the best streaming po- show on YouTube and ditching mm. Patreon supporting the show monthly through the website was one of the easiest decisions I've made. Thank you so much. Well, we appreciate thanks. It. I would give a shout out to the Joe Rogan experience, but it's been a rough week. No, thanks. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for supporting the show. And, and, um, there's a lot of, that's, that's, what's crazy these days. It's like, there's a, there's a lot of really good long form content on YouTube. What a, what a great time to just, I don't know, what just a, a great time to have access to all this information and all these streams and just people talking and, and, and bullshitting and stuff like this. I think it's awesome. Like this yeah, did not exist okay. in previous generations and it's really cool. Yep. It uh, doesn't matter. It would have been better that Ralph Northam uh, t- was in the KKK outfit. At least he could deny that it was him. Yeah, I I also think mm. the KKK outfit's probably worse. I just don't care. Like, I, I don't, neither one yeah. of them, I guess they're like, I'm guessing those things go in combination too. It's supposed to be funny because of the combination of the two of them. Like, they're in it together. Oh, yeah. I you guess know. that didn't occur to me. Uh, Trini Bain. So white nationalists took down someone because of racism. Pretty sure they approve of mocking brown folks. Sinek 8. The KKK blackface photo is a cover for the abortion bill. Ah. Mm. When he gets booted and the next guy comes in, they'll ignore him passing the bill because he will be 100% anti-racist. I've heard the lieutenant governor is like is more left-wing or progressive than Ralph Northam is. Oh, I don't really? know if that's true or not. I don't know. But, it's, but, I'm, but that's the other angle is if Ralph Northam doesn't cave to the pressure and resign presumably the legislature will probably remove him. Right. He has the support of nobody. Obviously he doesn't have the support of the Republicans, but he has the support of nobody in his party. Mm-hmm. So then maybe you do get m- even more progressive guy in and this thing uh, yeah. is not tabled anymore. Remember the law is tabled for now. And I should, I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. It's not the law in Virginia. It's not going to be soon. It's tabled. That said, it could become the law. Clearly, there are people intent on making it the law. I wonder if he thought that this was going to endear him to leftists because he knew that this story was going to break. Oh, it's that, that's so it's like a the, the other side of that tinfoil coin. Yeah, like yeah. he knows that someone was. I don't know. I I, I sort of got the sense that the, the the KKK blackface thing was in response to that controversy. Like people people went digging on Ralph Northam because they were pissed at him for what he had said. Oh, when did Dan Bongino get it? Well, he got it like months ago. So it's, people knew, but I, I guess I was inferring that it surfaced now because ah, people are more interested in going some after reverse tinfoil right there. Multiple angles. Get on my wavelength, people. Yeah. Um, Emma Peterson, love your new website. Can't wait to watch tomorrow morning. Have a great night. You have a great night. Well, thanks. Appreciate Andrew it. McMurray, Paul Ferry via Twitter on Northam, quote, Sources say med school classmates angry about abortion comments tip big league politics on the blackface. Uh, I still think Dems drop this to hide their agenda. Um, yeah, either might be true. Uh, Supreme Horizon. I still get goosebumps every time I think about how Matt <laughs> gently licked the Cheeto dust from my fingers last night as we made love as the Russians nodded slowly. All the homo. That's super gay. Thank you. Sad trombone indeed. Crin, why? When I was 19, I placed my daughter for adoption. I never once considered abortion. In fact, my life is better watching my child grow and experience life. Good. It makes me sick to think I would be praised if I chose to abort my baby. Love the show. You did the right thing. Good for you. And and the only praise that necessarily matters is the praise that you can throw upon yourself. You know, I mean, I would, 
I would much rather be able to honestly praise myself than have than than hate the action I had taken and have the praise of a thousand people for mm -hmm. it. You got to be comfortable with decisions that you've made, and I'm glad that you made the right one. Yep, thank you for that, Matthew Vicari. Matt, can you explain? Uh, can you explain all the people on Twitter screeching about Tom Brady and white supremacy? Football is too deep for me. We <laughs> talked about it at the beginning of the show. A little bit. I well, the, this was the other thing we were trying to figure out if Brady was trolling. You know how if you watch football, like they, they come to the line and they might change the play or adjust something. Like uh, Peyton Manning would always shout Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. Hot, hot, that. Brady was shouting Reagan, Reagan, oh, really? Reagan. So we're thinking, was, is he like shouting out right wing politics in a subtle fashion to troll? You know, we were waiting for like um, Charlottesville, Charlottesville. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. James Fields did nothing wrong. Hot, hot, that sort of thing. <laughs> But it didn't come out. It didn't come, yeah. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter. I second that notion. John Ward and his world champions think he'd make a great interview. YouTube channel has become completely demonetized. I'm sorry. Mm. Dura 25, using data from the Census Bureau and the CDC, one-third of black pregnancies are aborted. That, that is, is insane. true and insane. Um, yeah. Jeremy Lashenko, the DNC hit their own guy with the KKK blackface photo to cover the abortion blunder. The alt-right has the final solution for cancer, by the way. Hi, Michaela S. Love you. Mm. Um, Keaton Matthews. So you guys drained my wallet last month. So would you be <laughs> against the real theme park engineered monsters? Is it unethical to create them for military use? Theme park engineered monsters. I would need, uh, I need more information. I need more information. Tell you what, send us an email for the Colin show stream Wednesday night and we'll talk about uh, it and put Colin show question in the inbox and we will address this in full then. It sounds Syn complex. It does. Sinek, a out of curiosity, did you see the Kraut stream? His explanation about his doxing was so fucking weird and gay that making love to Matt would be considered straight. No, does Kraut still making videos? That's my reaction. To uh, as Johnny Goldmane. So I yeah. need to give ten bucks to get readout. Jeez, could have told me thoughts on Jesse Lee Peterson. Racism doesn't exist. That's amazing. Love him. Love you. Love from New Zealand. I like Jesse Lee Peterson a lot. I check his channel hmm. out every once in a while. What about you? I'm not familiar, actually. Maybe we'll have him on the show someday. Um, sure. Mithrin, one, how did he know they were white if they were wearing ski masks? Oh. Yeah, good question. Two, why did he still have his sub when he showed uh, when he showed up? Oh, yeah. That, did he I really? heard that. Like, he got his <laughs> ass kicked, but his sub is still pristine. It's a good you know, his, the bread's not even smashed. Oh, my God. Yeah. Three, why does the video conveniently not show the crucial attack I call hooks? I agree. Um, the Donzilio show, no note. Thank you, sir or ma'am. Jamie Clay. Put your tinfoil hat on, but it, but isn't it interesting that Jesse got beaten by mega maniacs a week after the failed mega kids story? Like the left is compensating for not being able to get it up. Well, yeah, it's like another story that yeah. fits the mold where it's like this claim of of political politically motivated abuse that just has no substantiation. We're still going to run with it. It's insane. Uh, Liz P is a bigot, racist, homophobe. I too keep caustic chemicals and. Uh, and a noose and a, a rotting noose on hand. Never know when I'll get my chance to lightly assault a black gig. So, by the way, he refused <laughs> Fox's security detail. You don't want to pass it up. Yeah, really. You, know, you never know when the opportunity presents itself. Far too hard. Under the Moon just got to put his restaurant ad on your show. That's why he might have. Yeah, exactly. Fair yeah. point. I mean, I want to go check it out if I'm in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> That one Carmine, I belong to Matt, so I'm going to be able to vote for the first time in 2020. I'm having a hard time choosing Trump or Schultz advice. I'm a conservative, but I'm not a fan of Trump's personality. Who is a fan of Trump's personality? Uh, if it's between Trump and Schultz, I mean, I sort of forgot who Schultz is. And Sargon did a video this week breaking down his tenure at Starbucks. And he still is with Starbucks, but as CEO. 
This dude, uh, I think, is uh, as insanely progressive as the rest of them, but yeah. is just seeing a little bit of an opportunity to be like a business savvy progressive. Right. I there's not, for what it's worth, not in a, I don't not that you care how I would vote, but not in a million years would I vote for Howard Schultz. Not I'm, I'm not ever. I'm, it's so not maybe I'll end up voting for if, Trump again reluctantly, and then I'll complain about it on the show. Yeah. That said, I'm not firmly in Trump's camp necessarily. It's possible that there's a pie in the sky, like a pro-liberty libertarian candidate I might be able to get on board with who's not Gary Johnson or something like that. Rand Paul or something emerging. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great, but I I don't expect it. Odds are I vote Trump again. Sarah G, Matt and I once jokes are only funny when you're a dude. Anyway, uh, plug for the Portland meetup on February 16th. Check out the Discord for the sweet deets. Thanks for all that you do. Thank you, Sarah. Um, Mithrin, hate to tell you this, Jack, but if you're going to curate posts, then you're acting as a publisher and should be treated as such. That means you're no longer just a platform and you should lose all those protections. I agree completely. Hmm. Um, Winterwolf, pronounce Winterwolf. I finally turned 18 yesterday so I can use my hard-earned money to support you without parental oversight. I wow. raise my root beer to your longevity. Not a furry, <laughs> by the way. Good night. Thank you, Winterwolf. Well, congratulations. congratulations. Welcome to adulthood. Go gambling. And uh, I didn't even smoke when I turned 18, but I did gamble. You got to do at least one thing. Got to do something. Cameron Jones. I work in healthcare. Withdrawal of of care is ethically distinct from euthanasia. Murder Northam's comments uh, were ambiguous enough to question which one he meant, though. Trans answers were revealing. Yes, they were. Uh, Democrats got me blackmailed. I know. I know. Quizzical. Did you hear about the coal miner photo accused of blackface? Yes, and Julie Andrews. Thought it was silly at first, but then I heard their autopsy doctors found black lung as proof of their internal life. Okay. <laughs> Mosin right. Roth. Uh, Blow Rogan couldn't have softball jacked D's Twitter balls any better if he'd used his mouth. Mm. Um, Mithrith, you guys still live? Just wake up and preparing for work. Take care. You take care. We are later than normal due to yeah. the Super Bowl, but yep. we're almost out of here. Scott Allen, the Marines who were assaulted by Antifa and Philly were there for the Marine Corps ball. Ah, oh, I didn't know that. I also did not know that. Oh, wow. I'd be so mad. Uh, Macho Man, Ma'am, Tranny Savage. Uh-oh, they're trying to get Cocaine Mitch with a photo of him in front of a Confederate yeah. like 30 years ago or so. Yeah, Check I it out. That. Do they think this will make him resign? No. I and know. I also I totally reject, again, not that I'm going to be outraged either way, but I don't think that the Confederate flag is the same thing as the robe and hood either. Mm-hmm. I don't think that everybody who believes in southern heritage is inherently uh like a a racial nationalist i don't think that's true at all so i reject the idea that they're equally even controversial or equal in message yeah you know um reality lobster what if barton got so tall by stealing a black man legs at two a black man's legs (laughs) at 2 a.m take my coins you greedy heaps thank you (laughs) and keaton matthews did you miss my other Streamlabs, or am i missing something uh, I can check. I don't think I missed any on Streamlabs. And that's our last uh, one. And we do have one from Redicus. I'll, I'll circle back really quick. Redicus on Streamlabs says, the people uh, that are saying Eugene, the Eugene shooting was premeditated aren't taking into account that the dude had appears to be what, what appears to be a 9 millimeter 1911. So with um, two mags, he probably had 24 bullets max, even the extra mag. Uh-oh. Did I lose blonde? We'll see if we can get her back. Read this in the meantime. Even with the uh, extra mag... Uh, in the car brings that total to 36. Um, I have no idea what happened with her. Yeah, point taken. Keaton, I uh, I don't actually see, I don't know if you're using the same username over on Streamlabs. I don't see anything under that name. 
So maybe I just missed it. My apologies if I do. But since, you know, since we're at the end of the show and Blonde's not here, I guess she just kind of gets an unceremonious exit. And I will close the show myself. We'll see if she comes back. But uh, but thanks, everybody, for putting up with the delay tonight and uh, waiting for the Super Bowl to end, even if you're not a football fan. Thanks, everybody, hanging out in the live chat, supporting the show on Super Chat, all that. We appreciate you guys tuning in live. And if you're listening later on youtube or on one of the audio platforms thank you kindly as well for supporting the show and uh and um if you're looking for more material you can find uh additional material over on the uh, audio platforms itunes uh google play soundcloud stitcher uh you can find all those linked in the description for you you can also email the show that's uh beauty and the beta at gmail.com we'll be back uh, next Sunday on time 9pm Eastern because if it's Sunday sorry Chuck Todd it's not meet the press it's beauty and the beta we'll catch you then I'll see what happened with blonde I think I have an idea and it might be my fault updates to come updates to come